0: And queens, horses, and ponies. You are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. Today, we cruise on by with a trip report from the Disney Wonder. We catch up on Disney News, discuss our love-hate relationship with Disney influencers, and pay a visit to the Circle D Ranch.
0: Noise is that a boat docking uh-huh. and some really cool co-hosts coming right down the freaking what do you call
1: it? The uh, when you
0: get off of a boat, the,
1: the, pier. the, pier? the pier, the pier, is it pier? <laughs> the port, the port. Mike, the
0: welcome back to land. Thank you. I wonder, I wonder if your sea legs are doing fine, and I want to hear all about your most recent adventure. On another Disney cruise. I feel like
1: one with the sea. This is my second Disney cruise in just <laughs> one year and my third cruise altogether this year. Um, I'm ad- officially addicted and I'm becoming one of those cruise people that I wanted to know about that <laughs> fandom. I guess I'm one of them now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had so well, much fun. And uh, it, just for context, it was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. So just the four of us. What did I call that before? A nu- nuclear family? Um, and so we left her yes. like, <laughs> sister and I left our husbands <laughs> at home, just spent some family time together. And this was my sister's first cruise ever. So I was also trying to sort of like sell her on the idea of it so we can keep going. Um, uh, you know how I love to do that. And so bottom line success, you know, she loved it so much. She was like, okay, I can see why Aww. you need to do seven nights. She's like four nights was good, but not enough. And, I'll explain why of that too. But my parents also had so much fun. These are like oldies. They're in their 70s. Uh, I'm going to create a a video montage of my dad. So he was in the Navy and he was so excited to be back on the ship. He was like talking to all the officers and people that walk around with like the white suits. He was so, I guess, cute. I never call my dad that, but it was was so cute. (laughs) Super cute. He was having fun. Um, But I do have a list of notes and also tips. Shout out to Stephanie, one of our listeners and friends of the show, who is going on this same itinerary, I believe, out of San Diego, which is the Disney Wonder Goes to Mexico from San Diego. So I do have some tips for the ship. Uh, First of all, it's the second ship that was created for the Disney Cruise Line. So it's the sister ship of the Disney Magic, which currently is leaving out of New York City. Pretty cool. Uh, So it's a bit smaller but it's still a giant cruise ship, but it's smaller compared to the second and now the the third group, which is like the Treasure and the Wish, which is ma- – they're massive. Now, uh, before I went on it, because this is my first time on the Disney Wonder, another friend of the show, Nick, second star to the right – he said this is his favorite Disney cruise ship, specifically the Disney Wonder. Oh, And he says he likes that it's small because you, you get to know it quicker and you get to know the, the cast members and all that. So I can totally see that. I personally don't have a preference. I think the big ones are just crazy fun. But, yes, it might feel a little less intimate. And then the small ones are still crazy fun, but there's, like, less amenities and there's probably – there's no, like, giant crazy water slide coaster not a big deal. So
0: Disney Wonder is like Disneyland. <gasps> and then yes. the what is the bigger uh, one? the Disney uh oh,
1: Disney Fantasy and Disney Dream. Yep.
0: Disney Dream is like Disney Totally.
1: <laughs> then that's totally a good a good metaphor. So uh, all right. So let's get into some of the tips. So this is my first time leaving out of San Diego. I always left on Disney cruises or cruises in general out of Florida. So the Caribbean Sea is very different than the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> both color and weather and temperature. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was kind of chilly leaving out of San Diego. But by the time we got to like...
0: We've been having bad weather over here, really? too. Yikes.
1: So Yeah.
0: It's, it's probably colder than it would normally it be. It felt it.
1: It felt it. But once we got yeah, it's been sort very of... Cold. I guess like literally south... Of the border, it got nice and warm. Uh, But checking in and boarding, my tip to anybody is just be very patient. Uh, Disney is not known for their apps working well. And so while I didn't have much, (laughs) I didn't have issues on the Disney Cruise Line app checking in earlier this year, it was just me and my mom, so it was easier. But this time I was dealing with four of us, and my dad, who doesn't have the app, doesn't want the app. And they say you have to have it, but you really don't. So I had to figure out how to get him through the health process on someone else's thing. So it was a big nightmare. Long story short, uh, we got held up at the port for almost two hours. And because of that, we missed like our concierge lunch introduction uh, that should have happened around like 1 o'clock. Because we didn't get on the ship until like 230 Uh, We did arrive a little bit later than usual, like 12, so concierge guests can check in as soon as 11, uh, but otherwise you're given like different uh, arrival times. Anyways, just be patient because there's the Disney stuff and then there's this whole third party called Inspire that's doing the health screenings and they don't really talk to each other. And depending on where your system error happens, you might be stuck at both or one. Uh, In this case, that company said this was a system error. You should have been checked in fine we have to do it again. They told that to my dad. So it's like, okay, it's not me, mm. it's not user error. Uh, but it was a hassle. Got it.
0: And they probably also, since they don't talk, they probably don't care that your concierge level, like you don't get priority with them. Is so that true?
1: true. Yes, you are.
0: Yeah, gonna like, uh,
1: with general don't public, care that you paid
0: for priority, yeah. you're not getting here.
1: Once you clear the health part, then suddenly you get into the different, lot, the like the lightning lane of concierge. Um, right. And I definitely I wanted to splurge on my family, but I, I have to keep reemphasizing that uh, it's such a luxury cruise line that even if you don't get concierge, you will still be treated very well. Um, and my sister noticed that, too. And I was like, well, maybe next time we won't book concierge and let's see how you like it. Um, so, yeah, checking in, boarding, be patient. I would also say the Wi-Fi issue on Disney Cruise Lines in terms of access to data is still trash. <laughs> it's a, It's a hot mess. I paid so you get you get 100 megabytes free with concierge and then after that you have to pay i posted a couple stories because i just wanted to get some insta stories out shout out to our patrons i posted a couple exclusive patron stories those are about five dollars (laughs) each to post. i would pay like forty dollars for like an extra (laughs) 80 megabytes and then i look back at the status page and it's like gone after i posted just a few things i'm like what
0: Oh, my goodness. So
1: definitely don't waste money on that. So if you do want to fill up some of your time, like, to binge watch TV shows, download it all on your device or iPad or phone beforehand at home, uh, which I did. So I did have some Netflix shows and stuff to watch uh, because you really only get on their TV. You get a couple of news channels via satellite, uh, like the main news channels, and then, like, 15 Disney types of Disney channels, which... Totally makes sense for the Disney cruise, um, but
0: is there a lot of downtime to watch? I, like, like, I, I wouldn't imagine I'd want to watch TV while I was on a cruise. But is there a lot of free time?
1: That's a good question. It depends on your cruise style, and that's something I got to observe my sister discover. I think the first three days she wanted to do everything, and we were going to every activity. I started getting tired and said, like. Oh, I'll hang out in the room or meet me at dinner. And then she started to learn that it's totally fine to go by yourself, especially on a cruise ship. And then by the day four, she felt like she knew the lay of the land. And that's when she said, oh, I wish we had three more days because now I know how to sort of do it casually and not do (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) And then also go with the flow. She said she walked by. Uh, what's called the D lounge and she saw they were doing towel folding classes on how to make these towel babies that we love like the animals
0: oh my god towel baby class stop
1: I skipped it when I saw on the app but I walked by and I just jumped into it by myself and she was like that's the kind of stuff that she didn't think that she would be comfortable doing and now she loves it so I, I would say it depends nice you and me we are you and me you and I we're night owls so if you're not doing any of the bar activities or watching a movie at like 10 p.m., I'm still up until like 1 or 2. So that's when I get bored in the room. Um, or I'll just like sit out on the balcony and just watch the ocean. So, yeah, there's downtime, and nice, but you have to kind of create it sometimes if you need to. Uh, okay. Another data tip. So depending on where your ports of call are, for us, when it's Mexico most cellular cellular plans come with mexico for free so t-mobile my family had i don't remember maybe at&t i'm not sure but if you have like at least the basic unlimited data plan you should be able to get mexico and canada roaming for free so that's when you post your stuff when you when you dock
0: Ah, you turn your cellular
1: back on turn off airplane mode and you're good to go
0: and how long is it in between that? Probably just like a day, right?
1: Yeah, I would say for this cruise, four nights, five days, we were only at the Mexico port of call for one day. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So I did. All, I posted as much as I could at that point, <laughs> and I started downloading stuff, but it's still slow. <laughs> it's still slow, but it's, it's not yeah, as slow right. as the ship. Uh, okay, so other things that stood out to me, there's this show that I think are on all the cruises called The Golden Mickeys, I think I've skipped it every time and I don't know why. It's usually on the first day. And we went to it and it's so good. I haven't explained my emotional state. You know, we always say it depends on where you are in life when you experience these things. So we just came back from my yes. auntie's funeral. And so we were like in oh. four days of like praying and, you know, grieving, but also celebrating and getting to see family and all that. And then we went straight onto the cruise and the first show we saw was Golden Mickeys and it's It's like pure nostalgia. Like what they do is they showcase like different animated properties from throughout the years. And they come out on stage and then they try to treat it like a red carpet. And they'll even interview some of the guests coming into the theater on the big screen. And it's super cute. Like they'll be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And they were so inclusive. Like they were choosing like the family with two moms to be on the red carpet. Like they're very selective with who they brought onto that red carpet. That's cute. I thought it was cool. And at the end, uh, like you have all these characters out and they're just singing, you know, like Broadway style. And then all of a sudden Mickey and Minnie came out and I didn't know that they were going to come out for some reason. I just started bawling. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like I <laughs> it was already too much just seeing like every, like Cinderella and Snow White and Aladdin and Lion King stuff. And the music's good. So tip there is don't skip out on Golden Mickeys. It's, the description is very weird. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what do you mean it's an award show? But it's like... A, a faux award show that lets them go back and look at some of the films that did well that people love. Um, funny thing that you and I would have noticed right away was there's parts of the story where the screen interacts with the people on stage, and there's a part where uh, there's like this thing happening where you think one of the stage hands is just a stage hand, but turns out they're really part of the cast and they're going to soon like blossom into this amazing singer, whatever. But she's a bit nervous. So she's like, I need some help. Who's I I don't want to do this. I'm too nervous. And then they're like, well, the CEO personally asked if you could do this. And she looks at the screen and it's Bob Iger. (laughs) And it's, it's Wait. a clip from... They,
0: Wait, they just haven't, they they haven't updated
1: it? it? Like, this must have been in the two, early 2000s. Like, I could tell, like, his hair wasn't fully gray yet, and he still had some youth to him. And she's interacting with him you That's know? pretty it, weird. It, it, it looked real. It, it worked. But the whole time I was thinking, like, what the hell is going on? Do they just not want JPEC on here? People are going to boo? That, yeah,
0: <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that. That's very it weird. It
1: and i don't think most people know it's like the
0: not my president it's like not my ceo oh
1: wow so that's weird i think they need to figure that out it was was a little bit jarring but i don't think the majority really care um what else yeah most people
0: probably don't even know who they are
1: Uh the uh other thing that i did that i haven't done before was check out the youth clubs and youth areas i always forget so they have open houses just a couple hours here and there and if you miss it you can't go in unless you're that age so uh we all went all four of us went to the different clubs so there's like the oceaneers club there's one called edge one called vibe um, and they're all very specific like tweens toddlers and like 18 through 20 and my parents had fun in there going in there like they're playing uh fruit ninja all this stuff What was really cool was going into the Oceaneers Club because it had SEA all over it. Nice. It was like founded by, I think, Mary Oceaneer is her name or something like that. And she had her own plaque. And these are for kids. So I don't even think they get it. So me and my sister were excited. I was like telling her all about it and that they're going to have a TV show and all this stuff. That's cool. So it was cool seeing that. The youth clubs are very cool and a little bit jealous of some of the stuff they had. There was like this virtual sort of, uh, I guess it's like Xbox Connect type of technology where we got to be Avengers, and it was like in this Avengers training area. There was a full-on Andy's room that was Aww, built to scale, I guess. Cute. So like, yeah, the headboard was huge, and you could play in there uh, and take pictures if you're going in there. There was a whole um, Arendelle cabin that was, I guess it was more or less uh, the guy's sauna it was like you're in his sauna and
0: oh, that sounded so sauna. weird for a second. I was like,
1: "What?" Oh, the, whoo, that guy, <laughs> yeah. that was super cute. And then the teen area had all these classic arcade games that are free if you're in there. So me and my sister are playing guitar hero. Nice. Like that. So yeah, definitely a tip there is check out the open house. So even if you don't have, kids I was going to ask you, that okay,
0: group, that's yeah, cool.
1: You can still go, uh, but t- you have to look at the, uh, cruise navigator app to find out when those open houses are so that you don't miss it
0: i love that and they're this super ship friendly has, and no adults are in there i love that the ship has guitar hero and bob Iger on it it's like a little yeah. a little stuck in like and
1: a little bit i will say the arcade <laughs> games felt like that i get the nostalgia but the fact that guitar Hero is now nostalgic is weird right
0: because they yeah. did have
1: like pac-man that's a nostalgia to me but yeah,
0: like, is Guitar Hero on that ship nostalgic, or has it just not changed?
1: I think that's ladder, what I want to know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, Disney Hotel 2000. Yeah, arcade yeah. room. Type of thing. Um, but, yeah, so they had all that kind of stuff. Uh, I definitely think people should check it out. Dinner. So let's talk tips here. So the seating choices on most cruise ships are usually early or late seating, or they call it first or second seating. Uh, I opted us into the second seating, which is 8.15 dinner. I still think that's the right choice every time because there are so much food on these ships that you're not going to be hungry at 5.30. And Oh, it's only 5.30 30 like, or
0: 8.15? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, 8.15 so, all day.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely do the 8.15. You'll have more of an appetite by then. Also, they switch the shows. So there's a first seating show and second seating show. And so everybody switches places. And the later show has less children. If that's something that is distracting,
0: ah, that is a great tip.
1: Because they they want they need to eat early and get to bed early. Yes, so they're usually in first eating dinner. So there's a tip there. Um, definitely make sure you don't queue up like the sheep tend to do at Target and Disneyland. So you have a <laughs> reserved table, and you have a, you have your own dining staff that's going to take care of you. Just show up at 8.15. I saw people queuing up at like 7.30 just to get into the restaurant. They're it made really no hungry. Sense because once it opens, you run in there. <laughs> they must be really hungry. It's like the like airplanes that already have assigned seats and you see all those people waiting.
0: Yeah, it's, and they'll stand up as soon as like anybody comes out to the stand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did have to keep explaining that. Like My dad kept wanting to get in the line. I'm like, no, let's just sit in this lounge. I promise you don't have to stand in line. Uh, But when you see the line, you start getting like anxious. Yeah, right. Uh, Royal gathering. So if you want to see the princesses, you do have to make a reservation for that. Otherwise, you can just see them on the sidelines or from the different um, levels in the atrium. We made a reservation, then we canceled it because like that morning, we're like, do we really want to see the princesses and stand and take pictures of them? Nobody wanted to, so I was like, "I don't, I don't need to. This is really for you guys, you know." So we didn't do that, which I was totally fine with. Right. <laughs> um, most ships now do have a pirate night on the itinerary, so my family was super excited about that. My sister brought her pirate to the Caribbean Mickey ears Cute. and uh, those type of things. Even when I described the Marvel one to you, it's just so hard to. Exp- to understand until you experience it and seeing my sister understand fireworks at sea and how surreal it is like she was just like what (laughs) this is crazy she's like because you're like what do you mean there's a a deck party like what so you go up there there's a huge pirate party it's there's a little bit of it's a little bit corny if you don't like the the dancing and the people saying you like when i say this you say this or do this dance (laughs) I don't know. I like, like. I embrace the corniness once you're there. Like, yeah, you kind of just have to. Uh, but in,
0: in especially in Disney, like that happens a yeah. lot,
1: right? <laughs> and all the other grown-ups are doing it, too, so it catches fire. Uh, so we had fun there. That's when my dad was probably... He looked like the most awestruck and impressed that all the stuff was happening at the top of the ship. Um, so, yeah, that's, not, that's really fun. And even if you don't bring pirate costumes, uh, they sell stuff there if you want accessories. But... Every uh, cabin will receive a Mickey Pirates of the Caribbean uh, red bandana. So you at least have one accessory. And that's happened on every cruise that I went to that had the Pirate Night. That's smart to make sure
0: everybody's getting in theme, even if it's just that. (laughs) Yeah, you at
1: least see the red everywhere, which is really fun. Uh, And then they also start all the music changes to like Pirates music, uh, either from the movie or the ride. Uh, Captain Hook is running around and Shmi is there. That's the whole day. And we're, you're, you're usually at sea that day, so it's a, it's a really fun pirate-themed day. Very cute. So get hyped for that if that's on your cruise. Uh, questions about the photo package. So people are asking, is the photo package worth it? This is a subjective question. I think I I would say this time it was not. I paid the pre-cruise price, which is like $189, for unlimited You get every photo pass picture that's taken. You have access to it on the website after the cruise. But I didn't know my audience. Like, if it was you and me, we'd be (laughs) taking advantage. Uh, We didn't go to any – we didn't even go to one pre-dinner photo op. So they set up these, like, four staged areas before each dinner where people like to take pictures. We skipped those. Nobody really wanted to do that. Um, So I don't think we got enough pictures. But we don't have that many family pictures in general over like the last 15 years Aww. so even just the few that we got i think i think i'm happy that it's with, worth but, it yeah um yeah so if you're gonna get it get it but try to use it uh, and make those photos memorable they they do their best like the photo pass people come around during pirate night to get you while you're doing that they come around during dinner and do some posed photos and then you could do the um, the scene setups that they create uh, what else? There's so much to do activity-wise. I would, I would recommend people use the app to heart and favorite activities, even if you're not sure if you want to do them. The reason why is you could filter by those favorites and just see what's going on that day that you were already interested in, even if they're overlapping. It's better to see it all in one place. Otherwise, you get very overwhelmed. For example, my mom favorited like every bingo there was almost two games per day (laughs) to the point where my dad was like this is you need to stop it's getting expensive you're not winning (laughs) she wasn't winning and she's usually pretty lucky so i I think we were all bad luck for her
0: oh my gosh Uh,
1: but yeah they had like a ten thousand dollar jackpot wow it was just crazy and it was so fun i think something that i noticed on this particular cruise out of southern california the demographic was different than the florida group like you said earlier, I would compare it to Disneyland versus Disney World. Okay. So these were like Californians. I saw Filipinos. I saw Latinos there. There were I, I felt more reflected there and more comfortable. It was a good mix of people interesting. and definitely tons of Disneyland branding in people's w- outfits and stuff like that. Oh, more uh, than versus Disney World.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, more than Disney Cruise, where you'll usually see just Disney Cruise wear, or maybe Disney World, but rarely Disney World. Ah. So I like that. That, was, that made it really fun, and it made those uh, activities like bingo or the game shows much more fun because of the group that was there. So that was cool. Uh, like me and my sister kept saying, oh my god, they look like our cousins. I bet you they were related to them. Like we always say that joke, because in the Filipino community like everybody goes back <laughs> to some island in the Philippines at the end of their ancestry tree. So there's that. Uh, let's see what else. Spas. So for people who are interested in spas, this was the first place that I noticed the mark of Bob Chapek on the Disney Cruise Line. Sigh. What, less? So
0: For more mar- more money?
1: <laughs> yep, exactly Ouch. that. So the way... Spas typically work, whether it's Disney or a lot, if it's a full on-site spa, let's say you book a treatment, a massage or a facial, you get access to the full spa facility, which is like the dry sauna, the wet sauna, hot tubs, rainforest showers, those really cool lounge chairs, all that stuff that comes with it. You're supposed to relax there before your treatment, have some hot tea, whatever. Now they're charging separate just to go into that. Ooh, and that makes no sense. So, for example, I booked a facial, and I didn't want to pay an extra like forty dollars just to spend twenty minutes in that other room. So I just ended up showing up in my plain clothes with no robe. Like that whole first part of an experience at the spa was missing. And this reminds me of Bob Chapek because during the pandemic, they did change the process so that you had to book the spa room separately. But that was because of the pandemic. So it was like one family per hour oh, right. instead of everybody going in there. Uh, they didn't charge extra for that. It was if, it was if you just got the time, or timely or whatever. Yeah. So my brain is thinking Bob Chapek thought, oh, they still paid full price for the spa treatment without the that extra piece. So why not just keep doing that? Right,
0: right. I don't know <laughs> oh, what geez. his
1: thought was. <laughs> so it was really a bummer. The worst part is I still saw people checking in, having the wristbands and going in there so people are paying for it. So I don't think that's going to change. But that – I don't know. That kind of ruins it. Like if I go to Vegas or something, part of the – I get the treatment just so I can get into that other
0: spot. That's interesting. It's also reminding me back when we had that conversation of a la carte versus packaged things. Um, Yeah. And it really – I think we came to that conclusion in that conversation too that it all depends on what they want – people to experience and what Disney experience is so important that you would think that they would say like we want people to experience 20 minutes relaxing first so we're just going to charge them $40 more on top without telling them it's just like a package price and they get all of this stuff versus the a la carte um, options where you might skip one to save 40 bucks but then you end up not having a good experience right Right. very shame. that was a conversation that we were having so
1: And it's very JPEC because those treatment prices did not go down when they took away (laughs) the the, the part that we assumed was included, right? So they didn't go like a spirit island. It's still luxury massage prices, and you just don't get that experience first. The other part about that is I wonder how the um, technicians feel or the people who do the services because there's... Uh, method to the madness it's supposed to open up your pores and relax your muscles before oh. you go into those treatments so i don't know and it's also supposed to make sure your clients are clean before they walk in people take yeah that's nice the first thing i was
0: thinking was yeah. when I, I remember our friend john used to work at massage envy he would talk about when people don't come in shower first it was like a whole yeah. bad experience for the person doing the massage and so you would think that you'd want them to <laughs> get in there have yeah. a good time Shower and then come in for the experience.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I don't know what they're thinking. I hope it changes, but I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, Let's see. So another tip for the spas are when you're at port, so if you're at Mexico or Castaway Key or wherever the ships are docking, they usually have really good deals because most people aren't booking spa treatments that day. They're off the ship. So if you want something last minute, you can go there in the morning of a port day they had some amazing deals. It was like $170 for a one-hour massage, plus a foot massage, plus a scalp massage, and a mini facial. Whereas normally, it would be like $210 for just the massage. Oh, wow. So they wanted to get people booked. And I it was too late by the time I saw that. So, oh. <laughs> But I did get a birthday month spa coupon. So somebody stopped by put it in our little fish hook thing and it said happy birthday from census Spa" fifty dollars toward Aww, treatment. That's and very I, cute. I wasn't gonna book anything and that got me to book so perfect i got a facial which
0: by the way i forgot to announce that you just had a birthday happy birthday but mike
1: uh, thank you 41 <laughs> years young <laughs> you were on the uh, cruise
0: during your birthday right or day after
1: the day after Close November seven, still the same, especially we, at this age. Yeah, I, I was still milking it. <laughs> right, I still check the yeah. box. Are you celebrating that? Yes, I'm celebrating.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, so that was really fun. And the speaking of fish extenders, my mom brought the one that her and I used on some other trip years ago with our cousins, my cousins. And so it just had me and my mom's name. But we put it out anyways. And we were not signed up for anything. Like, this was such a last-minute trip that we, don't ha- we didn't have anything prepared. But people still put stuff in it. And my sister and I were, like, so excited. She got to see what cute. I meant by it. We would show back up at the room, and there'd be, like, trinkets or a pin or candy. What? And so what? what I concluded was... I, I still want to do the fish extender sign up next time if we have enough time. But bring extra stuff and just put it in people's. And fi- just f- yeah, fish just have fun clients. with it. Do yeah, you normally, when
0: you've done one that you signed up for in the past, do you get extra stuff? Like no, think, I've
1: usually only stuck to the people that I was assigned to and only went to those rooms. No, I mean, like, did whereas, your
0: fish extender receive extra gifts?
1: Oh, or could you? I don't maybe know. You couldn't
0: even tell, huh?
1: yeah I probably couldn't even I wonder tell. if they
0: put it in people and, who don't have anything in it like they specifically like for the ones that got left out, that would be so sweet.
1: Aww. oh that's sweet, yeah, technically, ours should have just been empty, and we kept finding stuff and uh we also found one of the rubber ducky things Someone oh put nice. it, like, by our our door frame and I explained that to my sister and she was excited, and we found where did we end up end up putting it? We found some other person's room and put it there like on a different floor um What else? People had magnets on their doors. So definitely a tip is bring magnets, show off anything that you have. If you're an AP at a different park, like put them all on there. People go crazy with the magnets. If you're a Disney Vacation Club member, stop by the desk. Every day they have a new gift they give to you for free. Wow. I didn't know this. I stopped by on the last day and they were super nice. They gave me all the gifts that I missed um, from the previous (laughs) days, which included these cool magnets that say like, oh, I'm out spying or I'm out eating or I'm out shopping that you could put on your door. So I wish I got that sooner. Uh, so have fun with that. I did see a lot of whiteboards up where people were asking questions and polls like, hey, this is my first cruise. What should I do? Um, That's were funny fun. Ones that I like, like the engaging ones like that. That's cool. Yeah. There were, someone had like, I'm turning 40. What is your tip for someone in their 40s? And then people write on there. And people feel safe on the ship remember you and I were talking about whether or not we could put pins out there. I saw full on pin trading cork boards. So people just trust you to take one and leave one.
0: Wow. Um, I think that's, I, that, that's the
1: Disney community. Pretty right? Pretty
0: awesome. Do. I have yeah. major trust issues evidently because I would never feel comfortable <laughs> doing that. But I would, if I tried it once and then proved it correct, I would do it every time. That's really right. cool.
1: Yeah. So that stuff was fun. The drinks of the day, I mentioned this when I went on the other cruise earlier this year, but those are really fun. They do cost extra, but they always have one mocktail and one cocktail. So that's fun and inclusive for everybody. And it's usually like in theme with some, you know, vacation vibe. Um, Oh, wait, back to the fish extenders. So my dad brought this giant Ziploc bag of Halloween candy and him and my mom were arguing about it she was like you you can't eat that it's too much sugar and so what we did was we (laughs) snuck all around the ship and dropped them all into the fish extenders
0: oh so you guys were doing the same very cool yeah
1: and I videoed him doing it and he's such a nerd like he was like a little kid
0: oh my god I love it I cannot wait to see and dropping
1: it video and then my mom would be like i you only put one pocket what about the other person so he would go back and make sure both pockets have a little snickers bar or whatever so yeah bring stuff bring whatever you have and just throw it in these pockets when you walk around it's so much fun that is very cute super fun uh the game shows uh were fun so the the activities staff or cast members they like really make the crews come to life and it's usually the same team for years on on a ship Um, And so this guy, one of the leaders, his name was Lewis. He was hilarious and like self-deprecating type of humor, (laughs) which is always fun. And there was game shows like Meet Your Match, which is like the newlywed game and stuff like that. And those were all fun. I would say one warning that I've learned on my now that this is my fourth Disney cruise is that whenever there's a tie or they want to make the game more fun, regardless of what the game was, they're going to make you do a dance off. And I got really pissed off earlier in the year when that happened to me, but now that I know that's what they do, I just am going to warn people that if you are embarrassed like me and don't want to do that, then don't volunteer for the game. <laughs> like these were games, like trivia games, and at the end they're like dance off. We have a tie, and I saw this one girl's face just go, just like oh shit. And it's she was, so like, interesting looking people's at her friends' in the thing.
0: limitations. Like dance, yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs>
1: It's like what? And then they always pick like the worst song like that oh, you can't gosh. dance to. So it's just awkward sauce. Um and then it, they always like try to make it funny and they'll be like we don't want to judge the winner so you are by sound of applause and that's always awkward too. I clap for both people, you know. Yeah. It's just weird. Uh, so there's a, a friendly <laughs> warning that if you are deathly afraid of dancing in public in a dance off, don't don't volunteer. <laughs> <for those laughs> games. A couple more tips here I have on the Disney Wonder is a ship like this, because it is small, uh, the elevators take forever. Um, So some of the tricks I have is I go in the opposite direction where people aren't going and then I stay in the elevator. Oh, yeah. So why is it
0: slow? (laughs) Is it because they're full usually?
1: Yeah, they're just long full. Lines. You have hundreds of people trying to go from like three living floors down to like the restaurant floors at one time. Got it. Um, and so also if you can and if you're physically able to, use the stairs. The, the Cruise ships are like smashed, so they're not full stories. Like the, the steps between one floor to the other is very minimal until you get to like the big restaurant atrium areas. So you can walk from like eight To five pretty quickly without losing your breath if you do anything more than that it it is kind of a hassle or if you have oldies with you like i had um sometimes we wait for the elevator but even them they wanted to walk they're like we'll get our steps in whatever so uh so that was fun and then the final tip is a is a traditional disneyholics tip ask (laughs) ask ask if you don't think something's possible and again it doesn't matter if you're concierge or not just ask there's probably a solution. And I still get weird about asking some questions. So uh, our room, it was a one-bedroom suite, four adults. And there was a sofa bed and then a main queen-size bed. And then they put in a rollaway. So my sister wanted to take the rollaway. I took the sofa bed. We gave our parents the big bed. But this sofa bed, I don't know. Even though they remodeled the ship in 2019, it I don't think they changed the sofa bed. There's like this bar that just was in my back. There's some dark. sofa
0: beds at Disney that are, like, you can't even tell it's a sofa bed, in, and then there's ones that are not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the heck? And my sister's rollaway was much better because there's no pole. It's it's a one-person. Right. So this one had a pole going horizontally, so no matter where I laid, it was going through my back. And so the next day, you know, the, the cabin attendant comes by and is like, you know, how, how were the, how was your sleeping arrangement? And so I I said it. I was like, uh, like the rest of my family was like, oh, everything's fine. I was like, um, the sofa was very uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know if there's anything you could really do about it, but I'm just letting you know it was, it hurt my back and it is what it is. And he's like, no, I have a solution. Let me take care of it. So when he did turnover and we came back, he added like a full on other mattress on top of it. And he did that every other night after that when he set up our beds. Oh, wow.
0: So they were able to put it away... And then during turnover, they would give you like a whole other mattress on top, just on top yeah. that you couldn't fold into the couch, but he would, they would take care of that anyway. That's really nice.
1: Exactly. Yep. So, so they know. come back from they dinner. Know. They're aware. <laughs> yeah, they know. it. They come back from dinner. Our beds are now set up, even though they, they did take up a lot of space in the room, which is nice why they take it away during the day. Yeah, that's great. And then you come back, you get the chocolates on your bed and the towel animals. So you always get to see... And this guy was going over the top. He was using throw blankets in his artwork and not just towels. We had, like, <laughs> this giant octopus at one point with someone's sunglasses were put on it. Um, another thing my my dad just found so fascinating, he would just stare <laughs> at it and, like, smile.
0: <laughs> was it one of your <laughs> Nobody parents'
1: of to sunglasses?
0: Like, they just found it Yeah, they, they the usually room? use
1: whatever they're laying around, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, so ask questions if there's something that you don't even think could possibly be solved. Uh, the... Cast members on Disney Cruise Line specifically, they will do everything they can to make sure they get uh, great feedback at the scorecard at the end, and they also work for tips because that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, ask. That's a good thing to live by.
0: It doesn't hurt to ask. And, like, what's the worst that could happen? As long as you're polite in asking, just don't be a Karen. Just ask nicely, and look what happens. You have your solution, right?
1: Exactly. So... (sighs) Highly recommend the Disney Wonder. It was a great ship. It doesn't feel old. There's just a few things there, like maybe Guitar Hero in the the sofa bed. But you could feel like, you could tell it was refreshed in 2019. Uh, The Tiana uh, restaurant, Tiana's Place was there, which was added in 2019. Probably the highlight of the trip. It was such an amazing venue. Not only was the food good, but they had live jazz, they had a live band. Um, And Tiana came out and so did... uh, Lewis, the alligator with his trumpet, it was just like the cutest thing very ever. Cute. And it, me and my sister kept saying, "Why don't they put this in a Disney park? They need to." And a lot of people <laughs> thought they were after D twenty three because they were confusing gosh, it I with this place, on that. Tiana's place. So uh, yeah, so that was fun, and that's I believe is unique to the Disney Wonder ship. So there you go.
0: Well, dang, I am very jealous. I remember when you first told me you're going. I, the first thing I thought of was myself, and I'm like. Damn, I can't go. It's not fair. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but still I'm really ready. I'm glad ready for the next one. You had yes, next time. I'm glad that you had fun though, especially um, after such a hard time and your birthday combined. All of that stuff got to end on a happy Disney cruise moment. That's that's rad. Especially when you first realized like that you're going with your nuclear family. I was so excited <laughs> for you guys because. Like, That's just cool that you guys haven't done that in a long time and you got to have that moment, especially treating them out on that patio. First of all, we didn't even talk about your patio. Was that bigger than your room?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was the largest balcony I've ever seen. Even the (laughs) even like the regular suites, uh, the veranda is decent size. So I will say the reason why this one was so big is we had an accessible room. And there 's only I think two to four on this ship, and they put it on the aft of the ship, which is all the way in the back, which is a unique view. I never saw the view of our trail, our snail trail <laughs> on and it 's much more wider it's bigger there 's nothing overhead, so you get yeah, you get this massive thing. The downsides are uh, there wasn 't a second pull out bed from the wall like a murphy bed that 's why they had to do the sofa oh, right. and, the, um, and the the cot or whatever. And the bathroom, it depends, if you want a, a bathtub, there is no tub, but the bathroom was massive because it needed to be accessible. Uh, so yeah, that is an interesting thing. And that was the only room available, so I didn't do that on purpose either.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you guys booked so late that it's like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. just what you're going to get. But that patio paid off. That looked amazing. Or balcony.
1: Uh, yeah, I was like, what? I just wanted to <laughs> run around it yeah gosh Gosh, there was also so much news happening while I was out in California uh some that we want to talk about including HR stuff because we're both in that field outside of the podcast so um, we've been seeing these headlines of hiring freezes at Disney coming straight from the desk of Bob Chapek and then leaked out to the media and so it sounds like they're doing a hiring freeze or sounds like they're going to be doing hundreds of layoffs uh couldn't tell specifically if this was corporate or in the parks or what level it's going to impact maybe everybody. Uh, and then you and I were also talking earlier today, just in general, about big companies doing this across the board. So it's not just Disney. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that indicates. I don't know if that's good for the parks. It's a little bit uh, contradictory to his statement about labor shortage. Like, okay, yeah, I was, as soon as you're saying that, I don't know, know if it's <laughs>
0: going to happen in the parks. I'm like, I don't know how it could. We've already discuss that this is a problem that they can't get enough people to fill the parks um so that would be interesting i do feel like it probably would be corporate and it also follows the trends of the other layoffs that are happening are all like very corporate right so i mean i have no idea but i guess we'll see and it's just unfortunate what's going on with our economy in general right now it's it's
1: a little scary yeah it sucks and i i read through his email that was sent out and it was i was just so sad not once in the email did it mention any of like the disney values or keys or the mission or why we do this stuff didn't mention the magic it was just so corporate and i feel like whoever handles that for him did not do a good job right (laughs) that email right especially knowing that everything's going to get leaked these days yeah (laughs) better at that so that was kind of a bummer i feel bad for all those people
0: Yeah, it's a little rough. Um, So we had some bad news there, but there's some good news, and that is that Wakanda Forever came out and it's been hitting people, like all the feelers, like just hitting them hard, including us. But first off, how did they do, Mike, in the box office?
1: They, Wakanda Forever had a great opening weekend. It, It made the record for the highest grossing opening weekend in any November release of all time. And uh, so it had beat things like the Harry Potter franchise and other big franchises like that. So very good, strong opening weekend. Uh, It's doing really great on Rotten Tomatoes, critics, and audience reviews. So I think word of mouth is going to keep this going strong for a while, like the first Black Panther did. Um, Yeah, so it's doing really well, which is good, hopefully bringing people back to going to the theaters to watch these type of big movies
0: yes (laughs) definitely is a uh theater movie for sure like don't wait till it comes home go see the movie theater it is a beautiful film so um with that said we are going to share our thoughts on the film so this is going to be a spoiler heavy review so if you have not seen it yet i know we're kind of breaking i think we made a rule about like a week So we're one day ahead of our rule, (laughs) but too bad you can skip through it.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler alert. That is right. All right, so if you have not yet seen Black Panther, skip ahead to one hour and six minutes and a little bit more, almost one hour and seven minutes, so that we do not spoil this movie for you. And for the rest of you, enjoy.
1: All right. Where do we even start? This is a beast of a, <laughs> a movie it's an experience right it's not even just a movie
0: yeah and actually i'll start with a with a thought that was just very weird to me i had i went and saw the movie i came out of the movie not in love with it like i didn't really? hate it Interesting. but i did not love it there was so many things that threw me off of what my um expectations were that I couldn't see it for what it was. And then after time of like sitting on it and like getting over that it wasn't what I wanted it to be and then like taking it in for what it was, then it went way back up in ranking for me. So I, I'm i not wow. like over the hill with it. I'm not like, if that's what the fuck does that mean, over the hill? 50. <laughs> old, that means you're <laughs> yeah. over
1: 50 years old.
0: I'm not like so, <laughs> my God, that was the best movie ever. But I really, really liked it. Um, and there's multiple reasons why, but I want to hear first how we, what you thought of it.
1: Um, I I knew that I was in for something like within the first five minutes. And to your point, I think, yeah, it, to me, it's not about ranking it with the other MCU movies. It's just like its own thing that could have only happened in our universe <laughs> that we live in, you and me, based on the circumstances around it. And what Marvel and uh, Ryan Coogler, the director, were tasked to do was, like, impossible. Like, they couldn't recast T'Challa. They had to figure out how to address his death in a respectful way, since we all know what really happened in real life with Chadwick Bozeman. And then they also had the task of moving the story forward, introducing a new mutant, and then planting seeds for all of these Disney Plus shows that need to happen, which is, like, corporate synergy or whatever. <laughs> so that was a heavy... Task. Yes. And, and I feel like they nailed it. And I feel like I was so invested in the character development. And the story was great too, but it was I, I was invested in seeing these characters who I know are also real human being actors go through this experience where they're on camera grieving a character that they're grieving in real life that they're super sad about mm-hmm. that left their their family, their artist family. It's just like, that doesn't ever happen. Usually it's right. a nonfiction documentary. I was trying to... I think to, the last time I...
0: Yeah, I was, I was thinking about the same thing. I'm like, is there anyone else who's passed away while... Like, in like any film franchise? I can't think of anyone that they really have had to, like, mourn that way.
1: And, like, I... I did think of... Oh, I think of... I thought of one. Okay. Where they didn't do it right. So, Star Wars... Rise of Skywalker should have been a tribute to Princess Leia and Carrie. Right, I think if they did it that way, it would have been so much better. That's uh, interesting. They were in one of those unique places to do that. They did an all right job, but I like that they made Black Black Panther, (laughs) Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Like, it wasn't avoiding it. It was literally about what happens when you have the loss of a young, great, talented. Right. Person, superhero, actor, whatever the case is. They
0: said a lot of key words in there also, which actually they did do with Carrie Fisher, which I'm remembering. I can't remember what she said. Her, like, hologram character, whatever you want to call it, like, CGI character, <laughs> yeah. said something that was, like, real... It, like, hit real home for what was really happening. <laughs> but they also did that yeah. with T'Challa and, like, how they were mentioning that he had an illness and it hit, he didn't want anyone to know and all this stuff that was, like... That's what actually happened, but it's in this different yeah. universe. And it was, I don't know, like, I was sobbing. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it took me back. This is going to be very deep, and I'm sorry, but it took me back to my first loss, which is my mother, right? I was, like, 14 years old. My mother died of cancer, very similar to his uh, situation. Um, I also didn't find out till way till it was very late. Uh, they didn't want to tell me. So, like, it just, like hit home, I'm about to start crying right now. I'm not going to do it. But mm. I was, like, just ugly crying in the very beginning of this film. And I also had the moment, like, what made me cry even harder was, like, tuning in, realizing, like, when you see, um I always want to call her Shuri. It's Sh- Shuri?
1: Shuri. Something Shuri?
0: similar to Shuri. that. When she, like, laid on the coffin and, like, you're like seeing, okay, is this actress playing this part? It's her brother, blah blah blah. But no, like they were like probably super tight in real life. And like yeah. she's also like actually mourning this person while playing this character who's actually mourning their brother. It was it's too much to handle. Like <laughs> I can't Right. And it was done so beautifully, that whole funeral scene. Cause I was wondering how they were going to um acknowledge it. And I I even like snuck a voice recording. To, like, hear everyone cheering when they do something about T'Challa, <laughs> right? Bring him on screen or something. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. Instead of you could hear a freaking pin drop in that movie theater. It was yes. dead silent. Everyone was very, like, acknowledging what was really going on. Ugh, I don't know. It was beautiful. Just beautiful. It
1: was. All of those layers you described. And then you add in the audience is also grieving the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Right. Yeah. And then thinking about our own losses, like yes. you said. Like, I had just come from a funeral a week ago where my auntie's <laughs> sister was tr- literally trying to climb into the coffin. Oh, my And we God. had to, like, hold her back. It was a real dramatic telenovela moment. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, these things are so real. And then I was thinking about all our friends that we lost that are young, like Chadwick. McPo- and it happens, like, in a split second, right? It's not like... You're you're stopped watching the movie to think about the stuff. It's all happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Your brain has like seven. As you're things like tears are coming out. Oh
1: my god. I was like, oh my god. A physical and emotional reaction within the first ten minutes, like I think like up and just a few right. movies have done that yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think uh, this is and Yeah, and that was all before the, the Marvel Studios thing came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Whew. Um
1: I can't wait to watch it again.
0: I think maybe that's why I had a hard time getting into the rest of the film. I didn't even put that together until right now. But I was so moved by that first part of the film. And going into it, I literally like I know I was sitting there front, row, and center, during D twenty three, where they brought out the actor who was gonna play help me. Namaro? Namara? How do you pronounce? Oh Namor. No Namor. No yeah. I always add an De extra letter querta. on it. Um Amazing. they brought him out. And we heard all about his character, and then I just forgot about it, and I just wanted <laughs> Wakanda, and I wanted to hear more about T'Challa because I was so into the original Black Panther, and I wanted more of that story and that, like, there's already so much in Wakanda to, to like, go into that I didn't embrace this new species too much. I was like, what? Get out of here. I want to hear more about Wakanda. <laughs> so I was, like, too into it at that beginning scene to just, like, let it go right after do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. It, I could see that as a bit jarring.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, how. And I was having like, those two, and especially, yeah, I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna be a hater right now when he comes out of the water and he looks like super badass, and then his freaking little wings on his feet start going. I'm like, what's happening?
1: Oh my god, I love it. I think, I think they handled that very strange mutant power. <laughs> yeah. And the, wind. I thought they handled it good. Like when he was using it during battle, it felt more like like he was creating stairs, and uh, he looked like it was a little, little hummingbird or him this something. Point. I don't know. Yeah, it was very Hummingbird, yeah. And I think that's what they're going for, so either love it or hate it. It was, it was uh, but yeah, so that weird is, for me. It's always been weird. And I leaned over to the Jacob, the comics,
0: I'm like, is yeah. that in the comics? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll let them live then, because that is so weird. But it's also <laughs> very hard when... to translate into a live-action movie version, yeah, so. <laughs> very weird.
1: When Shuri um, pulled one off, I had to think, like, did she rip one off? That's so, it was so gross yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. There's something so gross about it. Because it's part of his body. <laughs> um, and then I had to rewatch like some YouTube things where they showed the scene, and yes, he did bandage his foot when they came together at the end to create peace. So she really did rip it out, and he had to put a bandage. Right. Over
0: it. Oh my uh, god. I'm
1: assuming it grows back. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the story for a second because it they already had a story before Chadwick Boseman died, so they had to keep some of that. And what I think is really sad. And I'm hearing other fans on Reddit talk about this is so Tenoch Huerta is like he was such a good actor. I think he's such a good actor. He really did a good job with this role. Imagine seeing him and Chadwick together, like fighting their battles and sticking up for their people. They both had like the right intent. Like they're not really enemies. They should be working together. I think that could have been really cool. We'll never get it. Yeah. Which is one of those things, again, like this, the story had to play out the way it did because of the real world, which is so unique and strange. And on that note, I, I thought, uh, Shuri, she really earned the Black Panther moniker at the end. Like, her character arc from the first movie to this, wow. Right. Like, they did such a good job. Like, everything she did was motivated by something emotional. It wasn't just for the story. And so I thought I thought they did a good job and I, I wasn't put off seeing a new Black Panther, you know, right. take over.
0: Same, same.
1: That was cool. Very, yeah. very cool.
0: Especially the beginning too with her being so emotional over the loss of her brother. It like worked to even, you know, make it feel even more comfortable when she did become Black Panther. Also, I cannot yeah. believe they offed Angela Bassett. I'm just saying. Like it was like so much oh, going on.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> what Oh, gosh. I mean, this is ref- a reflection of not just the real world, but even like underrepresented communities, because this group of Wakandans had gone through so much shit. Their, their first king died in Captain America's Civil War, and he died because someone decided to use and steal their uh, vibranium, which caused the whole... Uh, going-ons with Ultron, and then they had to create these Sokovia Accords to make sure that people don't do that. And then he died in a terrorist attack at the UN or whatever in the Civil War movie. That's when we first met T'Challa. Then T'Challa dies in Black Panther 1, comes back to life (laughs) through the thing. And then Killmonger dies, who we kind of felt a little empathy for, who shows up in this movie, right? I, I was happy to see Michael B. Jordan. And then... Now, the real T'Challa dies again, and then Queen Ramunda. Like, it's just so much, but, it, like, that's just real life.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, Like, you don't just yeah. get
1: one main character that dies. Like, shit happens. So, yeah, it was, it was sad. I could feel people just, like, grieving in the movie theater. Uh, and not in a bad way. It was, like, cathartic, I guess. Right. To have that.
0: And there were also some parts that were, like, really badass. That, like... Yeah. Um... Of course, is it do you say the Dora Malage or Dora Malage?
1: I say Dora Malage.
0: Me too. I think they said it without the know. A at the end Dora or Milaje. the E, whatever Oof. you know. Lage. Um I also say Dora Milaje, but the Dora Malager and um, Shuri, they're costuming just even just those two, and uh the Queen, all of them were just like Super well costumed. I
1: loved it. I loved how her Black, Shuri's Black Panther costume incorporated the war paint dots that she had when she was fighting in Endgame. It's just, yeah, it's just like so thought out. Like they knew how much was on the line if they did anything insensitively. And I feel like they did everything that they possibly could.
0: Right, right.
1: To make it right. Uh, Do I have any other notes? Oh, I I did like the. The ultimate conflict here, which was two peoples, two groups of peoples, uh, underwater people and the Wakandan people, they were only put up against each other because of outside forces. And so I wasn't really necessarily rooting for Shuri to kill Namor at the end. I was rooting for them to figure it out. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? It's like and a go against brand the new crazy way to think U.S. About it. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very different and conflicted. Like, oh, what do I do? And then I'm like, can he be forgiven for killing Queen Ramonda because of his motivations? I don't know. We forgave Winter Soldier for killing Tony Stark's dad, Ouch. so there's just there's some layers there about about what is a villain. And I feel like the more the MCU grows, the more layers they're adding. It's just so nerdy and cool. I love it.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. I think the only other things were there's just some weird, like the new species. I still, I'm still embracing them. Will not even lie. I the really like their backstory, it was amazing and filmed very well. It was beautiful, um, super sad and touching and all that stuff. But the fact that they showed the avatar preview right before, and then they had a bunch oh, of yes. blue underwater people, like it threw me off for sure um and then also them like flying out of the water on whales like numerous different types of whales i'm like what is happening they were so they were so extra if you want to say that word they were just so much for me and like again i was like kind of sad and then like just wanted wakanda is like a comfort to like go back to Wakanda and then we had these weird things going on that were so over the top it was getting like pretty hard for me to embrace it but um after I gave it some time I, think I really you, did like you it.
1: nailed it with the Avatar thing there was two trailers that I wish I didn't see that took me out of the movie oh, okay. one was what Avatar else? uh is it Shape of Water Way of Water Way of Water when as soon as they showed the Talokan in their blue skin when they came out of the water I was like oh my god this looks just like the yeah. trailer we saw <laughs> And especially because they're underwater people and those are the new Na'vi. I was like, this right. is weird. And I, I was like embarrassed for the audience. I didn't want them to know. I was like, no, I hope it doesn't ruin it for them. Like, Disney, don't do that. So that was a dumb idea. And then they also played the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Tra- oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They played uh, the trailer for, yeah, they did play Mania, but they also played the trailer for Creed 3. I've never seen Creed 1 or 2. It's like the Rocky spinoff. But that has Michael B. Jordan facing off against oh. the actor who plays Kang, the Conqueror. Yes. So I, was like, I was like, wait, this is Killmonger. Kang <laughs> was King. in like three different <laughs> trailers, right? I think. he's in Quantumania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I wish I didn't. It was a bit, it distracted me when the movie started, but especially the Avatar stuff. It was too similar. And then now that movie is <laughs> yeah. coming out in like a few weeks. I,
0: okay. I'm glad you also felt that same way. But And it's I interesting, and I, I don't think I've ever had previews about affect my movie
1: experience, but it really did in this it's situation. Fair, right? <laughs> and because they're all the same company, even weirder. Like, come on, they should th- figure that out. Right. They should have thought of that. Uh, the thing about the skin, though, I learned, um, you know, I did all my YouTube rabbit holes after. I didn't notice it so much in the movie, but apparently they're, they're back to neutral skin tones underwater, and it only turns blue when they leave the water because yeah. Of, their molecular structure and the way the oxygen gets sucked away from them. I just right. thought that was interesting to 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 uh explain why they're blue. I thought they were blue underwater. I didn't know that until later.
0: I know, I keep forgetting that they weren't. For some reason it doesn't translate in my brain that like they were at some point weren't, but <laughs> I remember that as soon as you mention it or whatever, I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. But like it just they were just avatar the whole time for me. <laughs> yeah. But the main guy was so All cool, and he didn't in. change blue ever because he's
1: the only—what is he? Mutant. What? Mutant. A, a god to some, depending on your point of view. And I loved how they tied it into the Mexican culture and also, like, the colonization, colonization of Spain into Mexico and how they were sort of pushed out because that created those parallels between Wakanda and— Uh, Talocan, the underwater city, because remember, the Wakandans had their technology and the vibranium. And then when they saw the rest of Africa being put into slavery and everything happened, they shut themselves off from the world and kept it all to themselves. Whereas the Talokan people, they ran. They ran from it. And when uh, Namor saw what was happening on the land to his people, he also didn't decide to save them. He retreated back into the ocean. Which, if you remember back to Black Panther 1, Killmonger's whole story arc was he grew up in Oakland and then found out about his people and was upset that they didn't save him and the people who were being oppressed outside of Wakanda. So they have all these similarities. And I just yeah. think that is so cool and, and better than the comic source, which would have just been Atlantis, which is already done with Aquaman, would have been repetitive. So I think they took the the right route. And then also when I was in Mexico over the summer, we went to see some of these these Mayan structures. And we also looked at some of the uh, things where these gods, the winged serpent god that this mythology is based off of. And I remember telling Jerry, I was like, oh, my God, they're creating this new uh, they're updating the character of this guy named the submarine. I was explaining it to him. And then when I finally saw the movie, it just all connected. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. This now feels real. Like it feels grounded.
0: I like that. I like that. So, yeah, overall, I'm very excited to go see it again, which is good because I did not come out of there knowing that I cared to see it again. It really and this is another thing. I don't think they usually flip that hard for me. I like like it a little bit more, a little bit less. But I went from like a three to like a nine.
1: Wow. (laughs) So you needed to marinate in it. You know what that was for me was turning red.
0: Oh the cute. The more
1: I sat with it, the more I realized how important it was. Right, and right.
0: Good. Yep. Yeah.
1: Sweet. Oh wow, wow, wow. I do have one one more note, um, just of a new cast member or a new character that we're gonna see on Disney Plus. So they introduced Riri Williams, who is Ironheart in the comics, who takes on sort of the moniker of Iron Man, and she has her own spin-off series soon. I've seen a lot of fan feedback that they felt like that was, if anything, the most forced corporate synergy thing because the character didn't necessarily need to be in it, right? But they needed to <laughs> plant the seed before the spinoff. Uh, although I did think she served as a, as just like a friendly peer to Shuri while she was grieving and and trying to be a normal young. Woman. I also like that she but, was the um, tie
0: between, like the Americans finding vibranium or whatever, like.
1: Yeah. I like that it was yeah, someone that wasn't some trying sort of.
0: to do bad, and they were just like a cult. Like, I liked her story for that part, but the rest, I was like, oh, yeah, she's still here.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, she was, I got to say, the actress was mentored by Robert Downey Jr. So he met with her to give her tips of how to carry on the Iron Man legacy. So I love how these actors, like, they take it so seriously. And he's not even really in the movies anymore. Right. the time to do that. So we'll see more when that Ironheart movie comes out. I don't know who's going to be in it. I hope we see some of the Dora Melage show up here and there and maybe help. Because they showed up in um, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, so, I like when you get yeah. the other characters kind of popping in around on other series. You're like, oh, okay, good. They're getting some more airtime. So cool. <laughs> I like yeah. them a lot. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I'm going to watch it again. It sounds like you're going to watch it again. Yeah,
0: I'm excited. Everyone, Thank if you, you haven't already seen it, definitely worth the watch. Definitely worth a watch in the movie theater also. That's a big, it's one of those really beautiful films that is worth getting that quality in. Even if you have a really cool entertainment system at home. <laughs> Plus like the audience the, was so fun during this film too. Yeah. yeah,
1: And it was like the opposite of what we usually say. It was the lack of sound that hit me by being in a big crowd yeah packed theater when you said you could hear a pin drop because it's so emotional it was what yes oh my god at the beginning and the end like when the end credits rolled it was just like dead silence Mm -hmm. and the rihanna song playing and just like absorbing what you just experienced (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh my god Uh, okay yeah it was definitely
0: a journey for sure Oh, my gosh. Um, but outside of the movie theaters, there's also some extra Wakanda Forever celebrations going on in DCA. So just like other things that we've seen in the past that are um, Marvel-related, we have a new character showing up in California Adventure's Avenger Campus. Avengers Campus? I'm getting the plurals wrong. California Adventure <laughs> Avengers Campus. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the new Black Panther is out there. So um, you get to meet her in the park now. And um, she also goes up on the top with all the different Marvel characters. And you could see her up there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Um, and they have this whole area going on uh, in the Hyperion Garden area and the Hollywood backlot. Um, so it's a Wakanda Forever celebration, they're calling it. And it's basically like just an area that's dedicated to this film, which is a big space, which is really cool. So in that um, Hyperion Garden area, you can see like a bunch of big photo ops that have like the the backdrops and the props that you can take photos with. Um, You can do meet and greets back there with different characters from the film. Uh, they have specialty food items right now, which are traditional African dishes, which is really cool. Um, and they have, uh, so like you remember Indiana Jones, they, they have like a hieroglyphs that you can translate. They didn't make cards for uh-huh. them, but there is a lot of the Wakandan language around that area that you can translate by using something that's online. I don't think they have it on the app. They should. Oh. They should have it on the Disney app, but. Um, Maybe the
1: play app or something. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Maybe they do.
0: Maybe I just haven't heard anybody talk about it yet. But um, that's always fun to go ahead and uh, have a little game to play. Um, and then one of the coolest things is that the new. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. They also have costuming set up in Stage 17, which is that huge shop in the Hollywood Backlot area. They have a whole wall full of the Black Panther costuming, which I personally loved. Ooh. So go take a look at that while you're there. Um, And then for the new characters, there's another new character that's out and about. His name is M'Baku, which if you've seen the Black Black Panther Panther. series, you should know. Um, And they are hosting a new experience called The Way of the Jabari. And it's um, an experience where it's similar if you've seen the Dora Milaje in DCA, where they come out and they gather people around and they teach you how to be a Dora Milaje fighter or fight like them um this one is going to be something to do with chanting and percussion so there it definitely sounds like kind of musical in comparison but um nonetheless should be pretty cool i'm gonna go check it out as soon as i can it is there through i think january 8th um so through the holiday season people keep calling it
1: the oh i wish i could go
0: wakanda forever holidays but it's nothing to do with the holidays it just happens to be at the same time (laughs)
1: That's so cool. I wish I could go. Come
0: down. That sounds neat. I'm just saying. Sounds solo neat. Trip. <laughs> you should come. Um, and then speaking of the holidays, they have, they're everywhere. It's in the parks. It's Christmas. It is holidays. It is full-blown already in the parks, which is, uh, it's just beautiful. Like, I love Halloween Is my number one um holiday for fun however christmas in the holiday season is just gorgeous i can't get over how beautiful the park looks um so they've already like it just
1: puts you in a good mood it
0: does it's like oh it just feels so good i don't know it's such a good feel um and they've already launched the festival holidays so you know i'm gonna go down there and see fat cat swinger shout out i'm so excited (laughs) so excited um, and then they have a couple meet and greets, which I personally have not seen before, except for, like, I seen I think I've seen one of these in a, um, like, special event. But they have them out and about for the Festival of Holidays. And one is Carl and Doug from Up. Have you seen Aww. them out
2: before?
1: I have seen them at Animal Kingdom.
0: Oh.
1: Because they have that, like, bird show. I've seen Kevin and... Um, I've seen Kevin. The boy and Doug. I can't picture Carl, though.
0: He even has his like, little... it's a head? Yeah, the it's head's big head. <laughs> and fake, like a pop funko. And he that's has so his cool. little cane with the tennis balls on it. Oh, my God. Um, that's so they're cute. They're so cute. And they're over there. There's this backdrop set up over by Grizzly River Run. So you can go meet them there. So cute. I have to go find them. Oh, I like that. Um, and then they also have, and I believe this is her very first time ever, because I certainly haven't seen her uh Clara Cluck who is 88 <laughs> years old this year so she's an old school Disney short character she's this black hen um and like I, if you'd see her i bet you would recognize her but she is definitely is she in
1: the Easter parade like in this house with eggs and she's popped out of the top of a red barn or something
0: i have no idea
1: I, I remember seeing like, like so a familiar. chicken and being like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably
0: is <this> guy. <laughs> well, she's so, she's like very cute. And now you could go take pictures with her. So I'm definitely going to visit her while I'm there. Aww. Cause it's just, I love unique characters. That's so fun. Every time they pop up with a new one. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff going on for the holidays.
1: Wow. They're even adding things into small world with the, all, along with the layover for the holidays. So Hi, you said pushed, layover too. Pushed, wait, did I say layover? <laughs> yeah. Over overlay. Oh, I shoot, say that all the time,
0: and I plane. always laugh at myself. I'm just glad I'm not the only one.
1: <laughs> it's more natural. It sounds right? more natural, layover. Uh, But yeah, they're doing more uh, diversity and inclusion stuff at the Disney parks. And Disneyland said they've added enhancements to our attractions to reflect more accurate representation of diversity around the world. And what a better place to do that than Small World. And they added uh, some disability representation. So there's wheelchairs and dolls in wheelchairs. So that is just like the cutest thing. And so, so nice. It must be so special for someone to see that.
0: Right. They did it so... What's um, the what I'm looking for. Like they did it in the same fashion. Like it doesn't look like anything's changed. Like it's not like oh, there's this, like, metal wheelchair or something that's modern. It's, like, this old, like, gold, older-style wheelchair that, like, fits that Small World theme so well. And they said it's even the same doll just sitting down now instead of standing. So, like, they were able to um, use the same doll, which is just really, really cool. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then also in Small World, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of the holiday overlay. And now you can find a bunch of hidden twenty fives in the ride, which is always fun <gasps> to do, right? What? Yeah, see, I didn't know that. See, can oh, you come that's out? Cool. Can you come out though? Just saying. Oh my
1: goodness! <laughs> and it's my pager code. It's my favorite. Yeah, number.
0: you have to come out. Let's go. <laughs> Such a bad influence.
1: <laughs> oh, that just reminds me. This is unrelated to Disneyland, but on the Disney Cruise, there was this uh, this this like venue where they do most of the game shows for adults. And that guy Lewis is funny. He likes to troll with you. He kept trying to convince people there was a hidden Donald on this back wall and we were looking for like the entire hour oh, no. Every now and then you would like glance and he was like no like didn't you? I was kidding like there's Oh no my gosh. Donald. Oh my god it was driving me crazy. I thought it was like magic eye or something. I was like i <laughs> you trying not to like
0: zone it. out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Oh yeah
1: yeah. Uh, We did learn about Adventureland Treehouse at Disneyland, so I know we've been wanting to figure out what that's going to be transformed into, and it turns out it's going to be just that, the (laughs) Adventureland Treehouse.
0: Right, yeah. So it was originally rumored by everyone on the planet, basically, Uh, numerous things. We heard it was going to be an SEA treehouse. We heard it was going to be the Encanto treehouse, the Jungle Book-themed treehouse, Can you remember any other ones? I feel like there was more.
1: Lion King at one point was thrown in there. Yeah, (laughs) I think people had high hopes for Indiana Jones, but I didn't have (laughs) any for that.
0: (laughs) Yep, but um, nonetheless, it is just, like you said, Adventureland Treehouse is going to be the name of it, which is really cool. Um, So they also uh, released some concept art of the treehouse. Um, I think it looks really cool. It looks like it's going to now be like, more visible. I'm not sure 100% if that's what they mean by that concept art because you're kind of almost underneath it when you're in the land, right? Because it's kind of bottlenecky in that area. Um, but it looks more spread out left to right, and then we no longer have that drawbridge out to that center staircase where you would go up. So I'm curious to see how it's going to look in real life, but it looks really cool in the in the artwork. What do you think?
1: I think it looks cool, too. I think... I I hope people like it because we keep asking for original stuff that's not based on a one cartoon or IP. Um, so I think it's perfect for Adventureland. It it's like it's a little weenie for the part, weenie. for that land. Like it's its <laughs> own little weenie. So I think it's gonna be cool. I think it's good. It reminds me a lot of when it was just Swiss Family Robinson, and when we go to Disney World and go to Magic Kingdom, Swiss Family. Right. I like that vibe. It feels like old school.
0: Disney. Right. Yeah. So they they said they're bringing back that vibe. In fact, it does have a longer title than what we said before. It's actually the Adventureland Treehouse Inspired by Walt Disney's Swiss Family Robinson. So it even says it on the signage for this oh, treehouse. So, again another long name. However, um it is going to be inspired by the Swiss Family Robinson uh story. However, it's not their story. I guess there's going to be new characters um, we're going to, have to find out more about these people when it opens, but, um, every little area of the tree house is going to have a different like theme or style to it. And it's a different person who lives in that portion of the tree house and they have what they like in that area or whatever. I think that's really cute. Um, uh, I guess they did Tell us a little bit more. So they have a nature room an astronomers loft and a music den. So there's going to be for sure those three areas and, that just sounds cool. Like, I, I'm i actually really excited about the music den. If they don't have Swiss Capolkai, though, I will be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have to drop that, that song the there concept, somewhere.
1: It sounds very like Tokyo Disney Sea and that whole uh, Leonardo da Vinci SEA. Yeah. Yeah. So walk they have that. Area that thing. It's, Astronomer's
0: it's Loft, right? Yeah. Um, And speaking of, they have an SCA reference in the concept art. If you look closely, (gasps) one of the areas over on the left side, there's an SCA flag hanging off the side of the little house area. So we we know for sure there's going to be SCA involved in some storyline. Oh, and that looks like it's
1: the astronomer's box because that little house has the uh, telescope and some sort of Ooh, that's perfect. It's probably going to be that same SCA
0: character that... You're talking about from Tokyo. Oh, my
1: God. That's so cool.
0: What? Um, Another thing that's really cool is that they are making the ground floor area a lot more elaborate, um, specifically for people with disabilities that make it really difficult for them to get up in that treehouse and see everything. So now it won't be just so, like, kind of vacant downstairs. There's still going to be plenty to see and do um, so that everybody can enjoy the treehouse, which I think is like super awesome,
1: I've always wondered that like that is one thing where they they just really can't right, yeah, make there's the full thing accessible right, right. Just
0: can't. it would be an insane that they'd have to redo the whole thing, probably need a much larger footprint, right, in yeah, order to make that work, yeah. so um, but yeah, at least they're they're um like spicing it up downstairs and letting uh people have a little more That's fun good. in that area as well. Um, And then don't forget that there is an SCA series that has been announced for Disney+, and this SCA movie that Ryan Reynolds is working on.
1: What? Right? That's so cool.
0: So weird. Um, And then also the Swiss Family Robinson series on Disney+. Plus. However, I don't think we've heard about it for a long time, so... Don't know if that's still happening, but it was announced back in 2020.
1: <laughs> so we will see. They did show us um they showed us a little bit of at the expo. It was probably all a blur.
0: I can't remember. But yeah. That this last expo, <laughs> they showed... did they?
1: Yeah, this last one. I remember seeing like the SCA logo or and, like the island. The um, Swiss Family. Sorry, the Swiss Family Robinson. Okay. So then it's
0: probably Plus still Plus happening if they're TV. talking about it. Good. Thank you. Nice. Um Yeah, so lots of promotion available on that treehouse, right? They can make little activities to go on to promote all of these different things coming out, which is really
1: Yeah. And you could be like limited time only. Um Bruno is moving into this one room for three months. Right. He
0: brought his animals with him or whatever's going on. (laughs) They can change it up a little bit. Super cool. Um so yeah, so it's been closed since September of two thousand twenty one. Um and it just has a reopening date of twenty twenty three. So we don't know what that means. I would expect later in 2023 mm. um just because it doesn't look done remember mike we were out there yeah when was that may Poking
1: around yeah. end of may. may we were
0: at uh 21 royal and there's this door that i'm not 100 percent sure if we were supposed to have access to but we went out there anyway and you could see behind the scrim and like nothing is happening in there so who knows sometimes they can flip things like in two weeks sometimes it takes five years so um, but they did say 2023, so we'll cross our fingers that it'll be sooner than later.
1: I think that'll be the first time that you'll see a cue for that.
0: Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> going to be time. so weird. It's going to be so popular for a while. Yeah. <sighs> wow, I didn't even think about that part of it. Wow. All right. Um, so next up, we have our Patreon takeover topics of the week. Uh, this week we are... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, we have the role of influencers on Disney and this was a request by Scott aka the Disneylanders who is a patron of our show so thank you Scott um, and so let's dive straight in. I, I wanted to first say like if anyone is not 100% clear on what a Disney influencer is I would say it's anything involving social media and Disney right? So like an individual who creates a youtube channel, tiktok, instagram, blogs, even all the boards like mice chat and ones that go way mm-hmm. back, right? So, uh wdwnt all the big ones too. So, things like that can all be encompassed into what a disney influencer is. So, with that said,
1: <laughs> I think I think I'm drawn to Certain types of influencers, for me, I think the ones who, and it's hard these days with social media, to to figure out who's authentic yes. or not, but if it feels authentic, and usually a sign of that is when they're not always saying everything's perfect. Yes. So <laughs> those influencers I'm drawn to, and I, I listen to their advice and opinions, and I might not always agree with everything, but I, I see that it's grounded in something that's real to them. So I like those influencers, and definitely people who just like to have fun. Uh, there's a lot of influencers that I didn't start really following until we started this podcast. But now I really love all the Disney bound people mm-hmm. and people who create like really cool custom designs. Um, even before, remember, I hated non-Disney merch. And right. Now <laughs> I see like these incredible things that the fans are making and showing off. So those influencers I'm drawn to. And sometimes I'll get tips from them that are useful, like on the spot. I was in Epcot once, was scrolling through my phone. I was probably eating and someone said, did you know you can get this um, annual pass exclusive cup full of, I think it was ice cream or something at this certain place in Epcot. Had no idea. I walked over there and I got it It right after watching her video. So there is really (laughs) value, value to it for the ones that are giving tips and advice, things like that. What do you like about influencers or who do you tend to gravitate to?
0: Um, I like the ones who are kind of in the middle. I also agree with you on authenticity where I try to avoid the ones who are just like, oh my God, everything is magical because they feel like they're just trying to win Disney's heart and I'm not here for that. I (laughs) want to hear what's real. So like, if people are honest and they don't love everything and they don't hate everything either because it's another thing I avoid, our influences are just constantly negative because then it just gets... Boring or annoying, (laughs) so like,
1: yeah, um, like they're always trying to find something wrong. It's like, that's not, yeah, yeah, that's also unhealthy. (laughs) Speaking
0: of, there's also, um, I'm just gonna call them out like WDW and T. I do follow them like a lot, I pay attention to all their posts, however, I take them with a grain of salt because they are. Very well known for being extremely overdramatic. And I'm going to use an (laughs) example, um, Mike, that I saw you commented on something that they posted. So they posted about a new... um, Actually, this is going to work to their advantage. So this is kind of one of those flip-flop ones. But they had posted, like, oh, my God, Walt Disney World has a new street sign. And I I remember you posted your, like... Maybe it's important that they have street signs different colors, but then they called out, they're like, No, this is the change from Reedy Creek changes and it's like, Oh shoot, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like, Okay, calm down and then you're like, Oh wait, that was actually something that was interesting. So they have a lot of moments where they are way over the top, um, but then a lot of moments but, where I mean, they'll catch of everything. Fake news, so
1: That specific example still turned out to be wrong because the Reedy Creek thing didn't go through. No, so it was all still speculation. It didn't go through. DeSantis lost that battle. And so who knows why, unless we ask whoever put up the sign or was told. This is
0: perfect, though. This is exactly why I hate a lot of influencers because they lead us in wrong directions with their opinions that they state as facts. Or, like, yes, and like you and I, we always say,
1: well, well, we think this, we're like, we never try to say this fact. And, uh, my theory there with those signs specifically was like the the highway signs probably need to look different than the Disney Parks to the left sign, which it breaking news, I guess. A, yeah, a <laughs> so slow thing, day what is for breaking WD... news nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to your point, I do, I watch them religiously, I watch every day, I watch their WDW news update mm-hmm. and with like rob corliss or roger and i also take it with a grain of salt and i've learned to understand their humor a bit i'm learning that at least the main host he knows sometimes that what he's saying is not breaking news and through his delivery you could tell but when i read it on the blog post or instagram i can't tell yeah uh, i don't so, ever watch on youtube
0: it, i'm not a youtuber yeah, so you so like... should check it out it's I don't get that They're part fun. Of it.
1: They're fun and interesting. Um, and they seem to now be owning what their reputation is. Ah, very interesting. <laughs> and, and, and rolling with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm just going to jump real quick into the cons because I've already listed some of them. One is the fake news element that we've already kind of mentioned. Um, opinions versus facts. And then rumors. Um, this is probably the biggest for me. So... I've seen this with people I'm very close to of how influencers' rumors and speculations can completely ruin someone's experience. So, like, they lay it out as if it's happening, if it's for sure. It has not been announced by Disney, but they don't mention that. They just say, like, here's this new thing that's happening. Um, I can mention, like, D23, for instance. There was so much expectations at the expo, and we didn't get, like, any of it, but did Disney ever tell us any of that? No. So it's all influencers nope. yeah. making us excited about all these seventy thousand things that we're going to hear about that we did not hear any of. So that was
1: that is so true. It
0: lays all on influencers. So that to me is a con, and it does get me very frustrated because it's getting your hopes up. Like if you just told us, like, hey, we think this might happen. How cool would it be? And get conversation going. That would be fine, but they lay it out as if it's happening, and then you go in there like, all right, this is what's going to go down. Um, and then – or even sometimes they they actually do list it as rumors, but all of them say the same thing, so then you start believing. Like, if they're all believing that, then it has – something's got to be real. It's got to be a leak. We yeah, all know there's leaks yeah. and all these things, right? <laughs> and then it doesn't happen, so –
1: And a lot of times, everybody is posting from the same source, which is just a blog, not Disney. Right,
0: right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh gosh. Um. then what else here? Let's see. I think also the... Okay, I'm just being so negative now, but we'll get back into the pros at the bottom. Um, So (laughs) another thing about Disney influencers that make Disney look bad are... Like, the way some of their behaviors have have gone. And I think it's gotten a lot better. But for a while, it was pretty gritty. Um, and there's so much tea to be spilled, like, all over the Internet. It's already spilled. You can find, if you start looking into it, it's, like, an endless, like, hole of... Yeah.
1: I mentioned when there's a whole Reddit subreddit dedicated to talking shit about Disney influencers. Right,
0: right. Yeah, there's so, many of those. Yeah. It's It's... It's pretty and some of bad. those people
1: started out authentically, and then they realized it was a career, and then it changed.
0: Exactly, you know, it and they make it their job. People have left their jobs and become straight up Disney influencers, and they're not even official right. Disney, but they are able to get sponsorships and make money off of um, doing certain things. And it makes them kind of cut corners to keep up and or um, have the number like breaking news first or whatever be first, yeah. right? Um, And some of the examples of that was uh, there is a very popular YouTube channel that went to Disney when they were suspected to have COVID-19 and they refused to test. But they were going to be there because there was a grand opening of something and they needed to be at the park. So then it's like, where are they cutting those corners? Right. So um, they got really called out for that, for needing to be first. And they didn't care if they were sick or not. So they're still going to go to the parks. Um, There's also tons of influencers. And with that said, influencing other people who are not influencers to do the same stuff about going into restricted areas, climbing over Mm. barriers and taking photos for Instagram. All this kind of stuff um, just makes it look bad. And it kind of brings down the value of Disney, in my opinion. So um, overall is like act right. Right. Just act right.
1: yeah please behave man have manners um there's one influencer that comes to mind i 'm not going to name names, but if you know this person, you know this person. This person has been trying to pull out the sword in the stone for like oh. a year now and, and, and he's made it his like brand to the point where there's like merchandise now of the of with the hat of him pulling it out, and then, like he's taken it too far, and it's probably annoying for just kids and families who are trying to go up there and just have fun with the sword. Because uh, he's always there. Now, it appears that he's always there because he posted. I don't know if he's literally there every day. Uh, but I can see how these things can negatively affect the regular park goers who are just trying to have fun.
0: Right. Um, there's also, speaking of that similar vein, is that a lot of the influencers in the parks who go there, like, every day, um, they don't, like, they're so into getting what they're filming and the content they're creating that they don't care about other people's surroundings and experience. So they aren't cognizant of it anymore. They're very much into their own bubble and um, they're loud. They get in people's way. Um, people are, what was the other thing? Like they'll just walk into people with their phones out and stuff like that. So it's just like, again, act right and then it would be fine. Um, and there's tons of people doing the right things. I think there was like a really gross time for disney influencers probably about like right before the pandemic it was still pretty gross um another thing that was happening a lot is people going to buy the new food items that come out or the new merchandise they try it on take pictures in front of the castle and go return it or they eat the food they take a bite of it to try it and then they return it say they don't like it i did
1: not know people were doing this was a big thing for a
0: while yeah so and then they're getting like certain people are getting blacklisted and whatnot. So there's this whole thing of like doing it wrong, right? Just doing it wrong. And then there's a million accounts that do it right. Um, so you just kind of got to be selective. And if you feel that you're getting annoyed by a Disney influencer, likely that there's other people who are also in real life, yeah. <laughs> in real time. So uh, maybe just choose your, uh, your people that you follow around that idea.
1: Um I think a lot of it, too, has to do with, like, if they're consistently being annoying. Like, there are times where we're, we'll be totally hypocritical, you and I, and we'll probably do one of those annoying things as we're trying to get a cool shot. But we are we are um, conscious that we're doing it.
0: I am and we're like, Let's so just get this hyper-conscious done. Conscious of it. It's really like...
1: quick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm always <laughs> Whereas like... These
1: people, it, They just do it all the time. It's like their go-to.
0: Yeah, and it's their job. That's another part of it is it literally is people's job. This is not our job, right? We do this for fun. It's a hobby. It feels good to do it. Um, But, yeah, when when it becomes people's job and then they have to actually make sure that they get this content, that's like another level of – the way you act it just really is
1: yeah that's a good point like your audience is expecting every single right. thing to be documented whereas for us like there's times where i'm watching like a live performance and i'm like oh, i really want to get this but nobody's going to know that i didn't so i'm just going to put my phone away and watch it myself yeah like i'm just going
0: to enjoy this <laughs> yeah yeah Yep. Yeah. that's why usually when i go to the parks like um if you ever see me going live for the disneyland band it's probably because i already saw them earlier that morning Like I try to like enjoy it and then I'll like catch a second showing for um, Instagram. So make sure you keep those moments to yourself. If you also have an account that you're working on Um, and be cognizant of other people around you and respect everyone's experience, make sure you're not ruining someone else's day by being obnoxious. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully we aren't like that, Um, but nonetheless, um, my last, I guess, thing that, I would say about it is that Disney—it feels like Disney has less control over their message and their image um, now more than ever because, yeah, and this me as well. Like I get ninety-nine percent of my Disney information from other creators. Like it rarely, 100%. Disney sometimes doesn't even yep. tell you anything, right? So you kind of rely yeah. or on... Or they're so late. Yeah, they're late <laughs> or they don't tell you ever or their website has it in 15 places with 12 different pieces of information that don't <laughs> yep. work together. So like influencers have helped guide me into learning so much more about the parks and what's going on and what's current and trendy and all the things, right? Um, so it's interesting because Disney themselves as a brand has less control so they really like it's interesting because it hasn't seemed to go bad though right like it seems if anything influencer influences are helping disney still
1: it's creating misalignment with our friend bob chapek i think we talked about this on the bob chapek episode (laughs) evil and horny which is he thinks he has control over Disney branding and everything that we experience is through his lifestyle brand algorithm but wake up call it's not it's exactly what you said we have some of the most fun and entertaining updates we get from these influencers that are not controlled by them so until they figure out how to fully embrace that and not just not just cherry picking the people that they're willing to like pay as paid influencers but really embracing the whole community until they do that he'll never understand the way we experience Disney is not what he thinks
0: Right. Wow, that's really interesting to think about. Um, and then speaking of how you mentioned cherry picking, Disney actually did start a program in twenty twenty one. Um, it's it, it's like wait oh my gosh, I wrote embarrassing instead of embracing. And I'm like so lost. I'm like, why are they embarrassing influences? They're embracing. <laughs> so um if you think about how Disney looks at influencers versus how they can use influencers to their advantage. So um, they started this thing called the Disney creator lab and they handpicked this is in 2021. So it's like an ongoing thing. They picked 20 Disney creators who are already doing it, right? Like us, for instance, and they put them through courses online to make better and more efficient content. So they give them free classes it, they're not getting wow. paid or anything, but they're getting free information and free classes to make better content. So Disney's now taking people that like, hey, you guys are the top 20 influencers this year and we want to make you, we want to help you make better content to help us out. <laughs> so it's like a helping each other out, scratch each other That's back so thing, cool. right?
1: That's so cool.
0: Um, And uh, what else is I going to say about that? Shoot, I lost it. But There's other moments that you can see Disney embracing influencers and just trying to make it their own product. For instance, creators on Etsy, right? They used to make all these Minnie Mouse headbands that are just beautiful and creative and different. We used to not have that. Do you remember a time where there was not very many options of headbands? Yeah. And then they started flourishing with them, right? And like making create your own headbands for a while at the gag factory. And they they really jumped straight into like, hey, this is like working for these people. And instead of sending cease and desist, let's make our own and make them better. So yeah. Disney jumped in on that. And there's numerous other things that they've also kind of found out through the uh, influencer community that they should also start doing in the parks. So pretty interesting. Um, But I wanted to also mention a couple positives that I could think of of people that we've actually met through our podcast and whatnot. And one is Sarah Sterling. So if anybody follows Sarah Sterling, I love her to death. She's been doing this forever. I feel like she's one of the very first Disney vloggers. They had a YouTube channel called Thingamavlogs. Um, She is now currently... a content creator for D23. And she worked in Imagineering before. So like her That's cool. Love for Disney and the content she created literally landed her a real content creating job at D23. I think that is like so cool to see it like pan out and like go somewhere big for somebody. Um and That's then cool. in that same vein, Courtney of Color Me Magic, uh she's an amazing clothing designer and content creator. Like she, if if you just think of anyone that, like, has rainbow all over their page, like, these beautiful colors and um, color blocks and patterns and everything. She's uh, a clothing designer. She now, like, sells her own clothing in Disneyland. Like, her stuff is in Disneyland. How cool is that? Like
1: That's so cool. She, she created, like, really her own brand. Yeah. Like you said, like, if you go on her Instagram, everything is color me magic like it looks like it's part of this cohesive thing right which happens to fit perfectly into disneyland's like portfolio so right yeah what a a great pairing and we hope to have courtney on the show at some point
0: i know we do we do we did speak to her around the d23 expo which she also had like a whole half of the footprint of one of the disney stores at the expo and i was like oh my god this is all her stuff this is crazy Um, So I just can't even imagine what that would feel like to be a huge Disney fan, come from the ground up, and then all of a sudden be selling your own stuff in the park or working at D23. Like that is so, so cool. Um, So yeah, do you have any other thoughts on how influencers, like the role in influencers on Disney?
1: I don't. I think we covered it all. would love to hear from people about... More, there might be more influencers that we don't even know about because there's so many out there. So I'd love to hear who else people follow and why they like them. Uh, so definitely let us know on Instagram or send us a voicemail. We would love to hear that. Uh, but that was a really good Patreon takeover topic from uh, Scott, Disneyland nurse, as you mentioned. We do have another Patreon takeover topic that is a bit horsey. <laughs> And this is Disneyland Horses. So we want to talk about that as well. Another takeover topic. Uh, And this was from a friend of the show and patron, Joy. So I know we're going to try to cover some things about the Disneyland Horses. Let's jump in. All
0: right. So um, the first thing I decided to look into were the horses of Disneyland. Because I think most of us listening are Disneylanders over Disney Worlders. Is that a thing? Disney Worlders? Doesn't sound good. But you know what I mean. Um, And so I just wanted to... Capital D.
1: Big D. The Big Ders. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I took a look into what the Disneyland horses are doing and how they are living. Um, And I, I thought it was cute to find out that they all call them the happiest horses on earth, which is perfect and like... You'll find out through what I'm about to tell you why they are the happiest horses on earth. That's so,
2: cute.
0: Um, first off, we had a list of names that just think is cute, and I hope that some of you have gotten to meet some of these. So, um, if you've met either Reggie and or Brother, I've, I've definitely met them both. They had them out Aww. over on the side of the fire station for a while right after COVID. Before they had the Main Street cars, I had they had them there a lot, and I got to meet them. Um, They also have Danny, Lucky, Holly, Lee, Ducky, Eddie, Finn, and Bug. So I'm not so familiar with the rest of them. But I've definitely seen some of these horses out and about at the parks, which is really cute. Um, And then through video, I got to see that they also have some new recruits coming. So what they do is they bring them in and train them first before they enter in the parks and they have Champ and Chip, who are brothers. And they're Clydesdale. Cute. So these huge, massive horses, and they're brothers, which wow. is just adorable. Um, and they have Lily in Dublin, and then they also have Pumpkin, who is a baby horse, one and a half years, <laughs> <so> very <laughs> tiny and so cute.
1: That's so
2: cute. Yeah.
0: And then like you might think, like, how do I know these horses' names, right? It's like that seems kind of weird, Jen. Like Come on. And I am a horse girl. I'm going to admit it. I like grew up a horse, girl. a horse girl all day, baby. Maybe not so much anymore, but I used to love horses, and I still find them fascinating, and they're just beautiful. Um, so I'm not that crazy. They do have their name tags on, so this is a kind of fun thing to peek around what? for. What? I didn't know that. They do. So first off, if you ride on the um, horse-drawn streetcar, Inside, like when you're seated inside it, if you look up near where the um, uh, driver is, they have a giant oversized name tag of whatever horse is uh, your driver for the day. And they'll have their name Aww. up there on the name tag. So that's how I know most of their names. However, if they have them out just for meet and greets or um, doing other jobs that are not necessarily something you would sit on, like in Ride Down Main Street... Uh, they may have their uh, name tag attached to their bridles, which is basically the straps around their face. They'll have it clipped on oh. there so you can see their names that way, too, which is really cute.
1: So oh, It would be like Ducky or Reggie or whatever.
0: Exactly, yeah. That's cute. Isn't that cute? I love it. Um, so now I'm gonna
1: look for that next time. Yes,
0: please do. It's very cute, and you get to like remember them too. If you if you're going often to the parks, you'll be like, oh, Reggie again. Like Reggie, I remember so much. I think I've had Reggie majority of the times I've been on Main Street Cars, which is weird. It's always Reggie.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, Until they turn Reggie into glue, one day.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow, can I have a Debbie Downer? In true Disney fashion, one of
1: them gets taken
2: from the farm. Do you have a
0: Debbie Downer sound effect on your soundboard over there?
2: (laughs) Oh, let's see. (laughs) Nope, (laughs) that's goofy. Oh my
1: God. Debbie Downer.
0: Anyways, Circle D Ranch um, is a ranch that was located on the north side of Disneyland. So right behind, you remember where they had um, the petting zoo in Big Thunder Ranch? They used to have a behind-the-scenes uh. um, backstage area that was called Circle D Ranch, and they kept all their horses there. Um, and obviously, Galaxy's Edge came in, got rid of Big Thunder Ranch, and also absorbed the area where Circle D Ranch was. So they have relocated, and they are now in a city called Norco, which is about 35 minutes from Disneyland. It's not very close. So,
1: Oh, that's far. So they have to commute
0: now, these poor horses? They have commutes (laughs) in L.A. traffic.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: Um, And it requires round-trip transport for the horses, um, and they do transport them in trailers, but it's a welcome change because the space is huge in comparison. Um, They have a lot more space for their stalls, let alone areas to exercise and play. So I think it might be worth it for the little bit of a commute. Yeah. Um, and so the new, the new Circle D Ranch, which I think opened in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of when they made the big changes to get ready for Galaxy's Edge. Um, it has an immaculate 20-stall barn. So in this video I watched, it's just like clean. And you never see horse stalls like just looking clean. <laughs> like it looks beautiful in there. <laughs> Probably because it's new. But it's like hopefully, you know, it's Disney. And I feel like they're going to keep up with it. Um And let's see here. They have uh, outdoor spaces for the horses to roam and also play areas and exercise areas, like I mentioned before. And, of course, the arenas for them to run and get trained in, right? Um, They also have a harness room, which I thought was just cool. It reminded me of, like, a sports locker room (laughs) because they have all their stuff hanging on their walls. And they're all named. So if you've ever seen, like, a sports game where they go in a locker room during halftime, they have all their little personal lockers and they're all with their numbers on them or their name. These horses have the same thing. And it's because I found out that the harnesses, um, the, the, think like horse horse collar. It's that big thing that goes around their neck. This thing actually forms to their body. So they're unique per horse. And it's really important oh. to keep the same one so that the horses are comfortable. Uh, So they do have to hang them specifically so that they don't get them mixed up. And it's just cute to see. That's so fancy. They have
1: have like tailored suits.
0: Exactly. Right? So they take good care of them there. Um, And then let's see what else. Uh, They also have like different harnesses per occasion. So for instance, they're doing a wedding. It'll be like a really beautiful, elegant white harness Or if they are going to be the um, Sleepy Hollow uh, horse that runs down with the Headless Horseman, it might be a dark black one. So you can barely see it and he looks more uh, scary or whatever. So interesting to see all the different options back there and see like how much thought is put into things like that, even with horses, which is just cool. So that's Circle D Ranch at Disneyland. Um, and then moving over to the East Coast at Disney World, they have Tri-Circle... Wait, wait oh. a
1: minute here. Oh. Wait a minute. So the listeners don't know that I can see some of your notes, but you had a thing here for Circle D Ranch that said Big Balls. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I, I, I forgot to Horses, move that up. Have- I meant
0: to move that up before the harness room. <laughs> Big Balls, yes. So if you've ever seen... Or if you have not seen horse soccer, look it up. I have not. Horses play games. Like, they'll play games without even somebody riding them and telling them what to do. Like, they will literally go out there. They have these massive soccer balls that are, like, probably as high, like tall as me. Like, five-foot-tall soccer balls that are inflatable ones. They aren't, like, hard soccer balls. And they go and they kick them around and, like, play out in the area with them. That's cute. Yeah. It's like, actually, playtime. So, they have all Aww. those types of games out there for them to use. And so, so
1: they must be the happiest horses on earth, the, especially exactly. That's what
0: home. I'm saying. These beautiful, yeah. like, establishments, except for the commute, the commute sucks. Um, but yeah, they have all this fun stuff to do. And I'll even tell you a little bit more after I'm done with this next section that makes them. Even more, the happiest horses on earth. But let's go back over to Disney World. They have Tri-Circle Horse D Ranch at the Disney, um, at Fort Wilderness, Disney's Fort Wilderness. So now this one has been open since 1970. And I forgot to mention, Circle D Ranch opened before Disneyland even opened. Because they already had to get the horses there and train them and ready for opening day, right? So Circle D Ranch has been open since 1955. Um, however, of course, Fort Wilderness and Disney World opened in 1970, which is also a year before Disney World opened, right? Magic Kingdom oh, in 1971. Okay. Um, also to train them and get them ready to go. They did add a new addition in 2020, which now has two locations at Fort Wilderness. So they have just expanded their space for these horses to live in and play in all the things, right? Um, and they have a grand- interesting. Go
1: ahead. Thing I I learned about that new
0: one, yeah,
1: was it was supposed to be integrated into that lake L- lakeside lodge DVC that they scrapped. Oh, ouch. so it's like it's it's on the plot of where it would be, and it's all the same design. It's the only thing that survived. It's beautiful, <laughs> but it's the only thing that's all right because they already built it. <laughs>
2: I forgot what it was going to be.
1: Reflections. Reflections. A Lakeside Lodge for the Disney Vacation Club. Oh, no. Canceled. But yeah, this is the only piece that made it through. But good for the horses, right?
0: Yeah, good for the horses. Um, And they have a grand total of 90 horses over there. So, like, they need that space, it sounds like. Um, And then if you are also a horse girl like me, they have a bunch of different breeds. They have Appaloosas. They have Arabians, Belgians, Clydesdales, Percherons and quarter horses. And then, of course, some Shetland ponies, which you get to do pony rides with. What?
1: How did I not know they had ponies at Disney World? Right? So cute. You never see them in
0: the park, but they do have reasons for them. So they get these horses usually when they're young but generally around four years old, they f- they feel that that's, like, the prime time to train a horse. So they have them at four. And then after five or six years of service, they adopt them out. And they have a rigorous adoption, like, policy where they have to, like, like, they interview just like a baby they would, like, in real life, right? Wow. Like, they make sure that they're giving these horses to good homes, which I just thought was really
1: sweet. That's um, really good to know because I'm, I'm assuming animal lovers – who go to Disney for the first or second time? They they worry about the welfare of these horses. So that's right? Nice
0: Were you there with me that day when that horse was like foaming at the mouth, and I was like freaking yes, out? I can't. Uh. I.
1: It was the first thing I thought of when you changed to this uh, segment. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> like, oh my god! I forgot I was like, about that. I remember right now. it now. Name.
0: And it was so <laughs> hot scary. that day, and I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like freaking out. My horse <laughs> girl was like, uh. but um, they had explanation for it, and then they took him off right after that which is good so they're gonna go take right. care of him see what was going on but <laughs> my goodness that was scary <laughs> that was really um, weird. so yeah anyways i just thought that was very sweet they only work five to six years and then um find them a really good home now at fort wilderness okay so
1: there you go i take it back they do not get turned into the glue they find a new home then there. they get turned into glue <laughs> <laughs>
0: they get turned into terrible okay at Fort Wilderness, the thing that makes them really stand out at the Tri Circle Horsey Ranch versus our one over here in California is that they have a lot of interactions that you can do. Um, Circle D Ranch in California, you can only visit on like, like a really select occasion. For instance, if like they brought the community of Norco in when they first opened, they have like specialized tours here and there, but it's really not open to the public. Um, in Disney oh. World, though. You can go visit those stables any day you want. There's an area where they put the, like, more tame horses that you can go in and you can see them. You can't get up and pet them, but you can go and see the stables. You can walk around the whole resort for them. Like, you can really, like, see how they're taking care of the horses in Disney World. And then they also have other activities um, at Fort Wilderness, like pony rides. So now there's those Shetland ponies, right? Um, They also have trail rides. You can do horseback riding. They have wagon rides, carriage rides. And then they'll have seasonal events too. Like for instance, right now they're having holiday sleigh rides that the horses are pulling through Fort Wilderness. Oh,
1: that's cool.
0: Um, So yeah. And then they also do tours at the stables in Disney World. So you can, I don't think they're currently reopening them yet since COVID. But before they used to have them, Um, you could go on a whole tour, learn all about them. You could pet, meet. Had to meet and greet with some of the horses there, which is really cute. Um, and it then it sounds
1: like we need to go. Yes, I definitely <laughs> Next want to time go. We're there. Your horse girl dreams can come true. <laughs> we should visit Fort Wilderness in general. I don't think I've ever really loitered in Fort Wilderness, right? There's also like the the Hoopty, what is it called? The, the
0: Hoopty Review. Is it just review? called that? Hoop-dee-doo
1: yeah, review? we
0: could have like a whole little afternoon. There. I love that. Let's do it. Um, and then there's one horse that I'm definitely obsessed with. And I think, you know, and I think you get weirded out because I'm like, oh, my God, this horse is beautiful. And you're like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of anything where I've said that?
1: Is it the Headless Horseman's yes. horse? The big The big this black... This horse is uh, just... Is it a
0: Clydesdale? I don't know the name. Beautiful. He's a Percheron. Yeah. It's this oh. massive... And the thing I think that is so beautiful about this horse is the legs are very thin, but he's, like, very tall. So it just, like, is... Super impactful for some reason when he comes out as the Headless Horseman horse. And it's like, wow. I don't know. It blows me away every time I see him. <laughs> and his hair is very pretty. Or she. I don't know. But um, they do special events at Disney World. Like, based on the season also. So, for instance, they had a Sleepy Hollow event that you could buy tickets to. Um, it starts off with a dessert bar in one of the stables, and then you watch the Sleepy Hollow film, and then have a meet and greet and photo op with the horse and the headless horseman. What? Yep.
1: See? I did not know this existed. Isn't that so cool? That's very cool.
0: So, yeah, and then you can, like, just get up and close and have a cool picture with them, which you never can, right? Um... They also have this room in the uh, stables out there in Disney World, and it's called Walt's Room, and it just literally says on the wall, like, Walt Disney and horses. (laughs) It's like, just Walt Disney horses, (laughs) and it has a bunch of pictures, and they have a, a screen with video of all, like, just showing off Walt's love for horses. So they have just a little dedication area where you can see his interaction with horses as well.
1: OMG, that just reminded me of something I do have to tell you about okay. way back about the Disney Wonder cruise that I was on. So every room or I guess it's like the suites are a little bit more themed than the regular state rooms. Like there's a Roy Disney suite, a Walt Disney suite. We were in the Mary Blair suite, oh. which I didn't even know existed. And you walk in and like the little hallway in your your corridor, like the foyer of your suite It had her portrait and it said the Mary Blair room and it said the theming around this room is dedicated to Mary Blair. And there was all this artwork of things she did from like contemporary resort to small world and then photos of her and Walt together. You would have been so excited.
0: Uh, That was just like, I
1: didn't even expect that. It was so (laughs) random. Anyways, when you said the Walt Disney room, it made me think of that. It was really, really really, really, good. Wow, That's so cool. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I would have loved that. Yes, you're right. I would be freaking out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so cool. So, uh, but I want to see the Walt Disney room and all those. Uh, yeah, yeah, horsey, it really does horsey look things. Uh, I think the closest I've gotten to a horsey themed adventure at Disney World was. Uh, When we stayed at Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa, so we happened to go there right when they recently renovated the main um, reception area, which is called the Carriage House, appropriately named because Saratoga Springs in New York is known for their horse races and horses, and that's what the resort is themed about. And in the Carriage House, they have murals of a bunch of Disney characters, horses, animated film horses— And so it's like a tribute to them, and it's really cute. And so later on the episode, before we wrap up, I'm going to play a guessing game with you and our listeners to see if you know some of these Disney horses from film and Oh,
0: shoot. All right. I know there's a lot. So
1: (laughs) There's a lot, yep.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, All right. Well, before we get to the game, I had some fun facts. Um, And one is just kind of interesting, and this is for anyone who's also a horse girl. It's kind of like detailed if you aren't, but um, the headless horsemen in the Halloween parade, right, um, they actually needed to make an like a whole new training for the horses because of this one character. And the reason why is that there is two different styles of um, how you hold reins and how you direct horses. One is called direct rein and one is called neck rein, which I didn't know until I was doing this research. And with the Headless Horseman, since he's holding his head in one of his hands, he only has one hand available. So the traditional style where you're holding two reins and you guide them by, like, pulling their nose, basically, with the rein, by telling them, like, go to the left, go to the right. You kind of pull them in that direction. That no longer works for the Headless Horseman because he has only one hand, right? So he has to hold both reins in one hand, which then is called neck reining, which you guide them by which way you're pushing their neck. So now it's kind of opposite almost. So you're pushing on their oh. neck because you're holding it tight, and you pull it to the right or the left, and that's how they know how to turn. Um, they wow. also it had seems to...
1: more like um, uh, like cowboy style where they have a yes. lasso in one hand. And exactly, to... totally cowboy that's style. Neat. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they also had to train the horse that when you sit back on your seat it signifies to stop because a lot of like uh, alerts that people give horses are vocal cues like halt or oh. whoa or whatever and you pull the reins but if you don't Have the two reins and or able to speak because you're the headless horseman. Then they had to train them that like leaning back on the seat means stop. So they had to like do this whole rigorous training and retrain all these horses just to do that one act, which I just thought was super interesting.
1: I have more appreciation now for that whole setup. (laughs) Right, the 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 cast member can barely see; like his face is really in like the chest of the headless horseman. You can barely see. He has one hand on a pumpkin. He's trying to do this reverse training thing. Wow. And
0: he's like riding one of the like most powerful <laughs> yeah. beasts, right? Like this gigantic Whoa. horse. Like there's a, and... That's a
1: a hard landing if you fell. Yeah, off
0: that and like if he yeah. got spooked and there's people everywhere. Like whew. Yikes. That is a lot to work with. So they uh, definitely are very oh, on top of their training. That
1: reminds me of. Um... Another beautiful horse that I've seen, I think, just on Instagram is the one Merida rides. Sometimes. Oh yeah, no, it it's looks just sale. like the one from the movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oof! That video movie. when he got spooked with the balloon.
1: <laughs> That's what made me think of the. Horse.
0: That was crazy. Whoops! Poor Merida. She real life animals, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um. Alright, some other fun facts. There used to be a petting zoo, if any of you remember, over at Big Thunder Ranch in Disneyland, and they would have horses there in stables that you could go and meet and greet back in the day. Unfortunately, we do not have that anymore, but um, just kind of fun to remember those times when you had them there. It's
1: too bad there isn't um, like an Easter egg that I know of at Galaxy's Edge to that stuff.
0: That's true. I feel like there should be.
1: Right? It seems like they now I'm gonna have to dig
0: into that one. Next rabbit hole. Um, Another fun fact and/or tip is to never walk down the middle of the tracks on Main Street. Do you know why?
1: I'm going to assume that's right where their shit lands.
0: All their shit just lands in that one spot because they always (laughs) walk down the middle of the
1: tracks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, avoid that if you can. Um, And then other rides, I just thought it would be fun to remember some of the rides that they used, animals such as. Mules and/or horses in the past at Disneyland. Um, Mules, would you say?
1: Mules, mules. Right? You're like I thought that was a funny word. Mules.
0: Um, So they had the Main Street, uh, Main Street horse-drawn surreys back in the day, which I don't know if they had those in our lifetime or not. Um, But they're basically like I would say they look like buggies. So they'd be like probably a family only could seat in there, and then they have a driver and a horse. Um, oh, okay. Areas. We have
1: like, like at Central Park, that kind of type of yeah. that type of yeah. thing, walking around. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: that's cute. And then they had the fire engine, which is now parked in the fire station that used to get pulled out for special events. And uh, also, I, th- I believe they had families and people were able to board it at some point um, and would go up and down Main Street. But it's now just kind of forever parked in the fire station. Um, And then in Frontierland, they used horses and mules on the Rainbow Mountain Stagecoach attraction, the Canestoga wagons, and the mule train. So lots of horse action going on in the park back in the day. Not as much today, (laughs) Um, but kind of cool to remember those uh, attractions.
1: It's interesting, too, because I didn't realize until you shared all this stuff today, I didn't realize that Walt was a horse lover. So between like horses and trains, we are starting to see a lot of that disappear.
0: Yeah, wow. yeah, aw, makes me sad. Horses, trains, and <laughs> oh. miniatures were like his top three things. Miniatures,
1: <laughs> oh. oh my god, that made me think of something else on the cruise. Here I go again. <laughs> so there was a uh, Disney adult trivia at at the pub, one of the pubs that's themed to a UK pub, and the host, in between questions, you know, just like improv she would ask like people's favorite rides. And she's like, anyone's favorite Disneyland ride? And of course I raised my hand. And I said, the fantasy land or the storybook land canal boats. And everybody was like laughing, like laughing at me. They thought I was being sarcastic. And then she said later on, like, what are people's least favorite attractions? And some very rude person raised her hand and said, storybook land canal boats. And then I love it because she came back to me, the host, and said, well, let's go back to this person like why do you love it and i said it be, it's because it reminds me of walt because it has miniatures and it's something like you could see him in a photo like sitting on the boat riding with you and so i hope i change people's mind you're
0: like take that sucker walt liked it yeah
1: come on if i you love really that's always like walt, a
0: really might... good like burn for Disney holics. is like well walt liked yeah. it <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> boom Yikes. Um, And then the last fun fact I have about horses, which is going back to why they are the happiest horses on earth. They work between two and two and a half hours each day, and that's it. And only three days per week. And all horses also have two weeks of vacation per year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That actually makes me feel better because, you know, we're talking earlier. I, I have wondered about you know how well they're treated so that's nice right
0: yeah it sounds like they're treated really well it goes on par with animal kingdom um, they treat the animals very well in comparison to other facilities and zoos and whatnot um, and it really sounds like like when you hear that disney world has 90 horses you might be like what for and it's oh because they like rotate them out so much that they don't want to overwork these horses i thought that was very very cool So, yeah, Um, another fun thing that you can do is follow along. There's a Horses of Disneyland Instagram. It's not super cracking, but they have some really cool photos because they do take them out in the park before they open. And they'll get photos of them in front of the castle or in front of the whatever special thing is going on in Town Square, like the pumpkin or the tree. And it's before anybody's in the park. So it's just empty. And it's like horse standing there, or like the horse and their trainer takes them out and gets them walking around. So I thought that was adorable, too.
1: Oh, that's cute. So Reggie and Lucky and Ducky, they are now Disney influencers. They are! They are. I love it. Full circle. (laughs) I love it. Well, are you ready for a horsey guessing game?
0: I am. Let's let's do it. I'm not going to know any of these answers. Horse girl, come on. (laughs) These are
1: all very hard, and I will be impressed if anybody knows more than just a few of these. Some of them you'll When you hear the name, it'll stand out. So I've collected a handful of horses from both Disney movies, live action and animated films. And I'm going to tell you the horse's name, the character name, and see if that can trigger or ring a bell with you. And you know what movie it's from (laughs) or at least what other characters they (laughs) are associated with. So I'm going to start with what I think is an easy one. Maximus, Maximus the horse.
0: Maximus is from yes I know him I know him he <gasps> is from oh my gosh hold on he's from it's like one of the classic ones right or renaissance
1: it is It is now no not renaissance is it a it bit newer
0: oh it's newer Maximus
1: a little bit newer yeah shoot a little bit newer and what's what I love about this character it the, the animators said they did create his mannerisms to be like a dog. Yes. And so he does act like a dog. And he's
0: like gray, right?
1: Uh-huh. Like white, dirty white, yeah. light gray. I totally mm-hmm.
0: picture him and I can't remember which, which one he's from. What is it? Tell me. Tangled. Dang it. Yep.
1: I kept thinking he's brave and I'm like, and no, I'm it's playing. that
0: Clydesdale.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was like the same time. Yeah. It was around that time. <laughs> yeah. That Tangled was the first CG princess and, uh, they had to, of course, add a horse, just like all the other princesses had things like that. Um, so, okay, this one So is... many people are screaming right now. I know it. Right. <laughs> Maximus, to me, I think was the only easy one. So it just oh, gets harder for me. Oh, no. All right. Okay. <laughs> so there's a horse. It's like a dark black horse. It has like a stripe on its nose. It has kind of scary green eyes. And the name is Khan. K-H-A-N. Is it not Just from Milan? A little Mulan? bit of a hint. A little bit of a hint. Yes, it is from Milan. I didn't even remember the horse at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a horse named Khan, and uh, has even like white, like stocking type things, so that he matches like those weird European uh, costumes that they had from like the villains. Right. Very cool. Um, this one is a little bit of a trick question. Abu.
0: Oh. Aladdin, because he he turns into a horse
1: for Prince <laughs> yep, <he> Ali. <laughs> yep, he turned into a horse. Genie turned him into a horse at one time. He also turned him into a camel and an elephant. If you remember, <laughs> a whole bunch like of flash things, yeah. <laughs> really quick, uh, they did design him to look a little bit aristocratic, so that it had some of the colors of the magic carpet, but also looked like something you might find on the King Arthur's carousel, which I thought was how cute. Cool. That's very cute. Um, Angus, Angus the horse.
0: Angus was he from Home on the Range?
1: Nope. He, you guessed it earlier. He's the brave horse.
0: Oh dang it! Okay, the,
1: yeah, the Clydesdale with the thick, fluffy fleur, fur fluffy fur that Merida Merida rides. I need to Very rewatch powerful that one. Workhorse. It's been a while. Angus, not a fan. Not a fan of brave, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't it like. It is the weird. Trolls. It was like Pixar doing a disney princess movie. I don't know, there's something weird about it. And uh like the mom turning into a bear. Maybe it does require a rewatch for me to appreciate it. Uh let's see. We also have uh aw, Captain.
0: Oh. Shoot, there's a horse named Captain. I definitely don't know this one.
1: There's a horse named Captain. I'll give you a clue. Who else is named Captain that we know?
0: That we know? Your dog? Yeah,
1: that we know, and it's in my room. Okay, your dog. (laughs) Captain the dog. And this is a movie about dogs. Bolt. 101 Dalmatians. (laughs) There's a horse in Captain is... Yeah, you know, toward the end where they go to that farm in the barn and there's all those animals helping? Oh, right. Captain is in there and he's one of the horses. And there's like Sergeant Tibbs, who's the cat and Colonel, the sheepdog. um, And then this horse. They're supposed to be former military animals that have retired at this farm. That's the story, (laughs) which I didn't know until I did this research. Very cute. Uh, Let's see. We have, this is a very cool name, Cyril Proudbottom.
0: Oh my gosh, no idea.
1: Harry Potter, but it's not. Cyril Proudbottom is a horse from The Adventures of Mr. Toad in Wind in the Willows. Aww. <laughs> and I think it's, I don't know if, if it talks. It actually might because it wears clothes and stands up on two feet. So maybe it's anthropomorphic. <laughs> is that the word we learned before? Anthropomorphic, Because it wears yeah. disguises. Very, very strange. Uh, Achilles. Do you know who Achilles is?
0: I don't, but I'm going to guess he's in Hercules.
1: That is a very good guess. Dang it. But he is not. He is the horse of Captain Phoebus in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, that was my second guess. Very Darn it. regal, regal horse, Achilles. I, I th- probably would have thought Hercules, too. <laughs> yeah, going with the Greek. Uh, oh, this one's cute. Um, let's see. How do I do this without giving away the twist? Okay. So... I'm just going to say it. Major, Jacques, and Gus.
0: Cinderella. Major,
1: Jacques, and Gus. Cinderella. Because the little mice turn into horses. Oh, that's
0: right. Uh,
1: Yeah, the fairy godmother allows them to be the horses that pull the pumpkin carriage. And so, I actually don't, I didn't know the mice's name except for Gus. He's so cute. Gus, Gus. Jack,
0: isn't there Jack also or something?
1: Jacques. 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 Yeah. French. Jacques. So they are also horses. Okay, there's also a pair of horses known as Patrick and Buck from an animated film.
0: Shoot. I don't know.
1: You guessed this earlier. Home on the Range. Actually. Home on the Range. <laughs> and we just recently rewatched it. I still don't even remember <laughs> yeah. these horses.
0: I knew there was but horses that was Buck. gonna that were probably gonna pop up, so I was like, okay, Home on the Range is gonna be there somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? It has to be. Uh, there is a animated horse in a predominantly live action film named Destiny.
0: Mary Poppins.
1: Oh, another good guess, but that's <laughs> how hard this game is today. Enchanted.
0: <laughs> Aww.
1: That's cute. So yeah, they have a horse back in the animated world named Destiny. It's actually really pretty. It's giving me like Shira vibes, like long, pretty Whoa. hair. You know, the horse... I think Chira had, like, a Pegasus or something like that.
0: Oh, um, yes, yes.
1: Like, really, really pretty, like, 80s look. And then we also have Philippe. Yes. He's actually quite popular.
0: Yes. Hold on. Wait, I'm thinking of Prince Philip now. Philippe is... Shoot! No, I'm not going to know this either. I don't know.
2: Ooh.
1: So I will say Philippe is is such a good horse, family member, pet, uh, helps save someone who has been kidnapped. And oh,
0: Belle, uh, Beauty and yes. the Beast, Beauty and the Beast,
1: Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> He's that horse. Aww. Oh, what a sweet horse. So cute. Philippe, also a French name there. And Samson. Do you know Samson? I do.
0: Do I know what movie he's in, however? (laughs) Shoot!
1: Samson. Samson. He looks a lot like some of the carousel horses at Disneyland.
0: I'm going to guess that he's in something recent, like Frozen or something like that
1: yikes no nope. sleeping beauty oh, he's God. one of the og one of the og carousel horses <laughs> <laughs> i i wouldn't have known the name if i wasn't reading yeah this. Samson, samson. samson samson
0: sounds too like uh like i don't know like like cute or silly versus like because sleeping beauty was like so pretty right the whole film like regal samson yes yes samson has like Samson to me sounds like he'd be like the funny horse, right?
1: (laughs) It does sound like it would be a funny horse. Yeah, it doesn't even talk or anything. Yeah. Uh, These names I did not know. There's three horses in Frozen. I'm just going to say because you mentioned Frozen. Kiek, Nock, and Citron. I think I'm saying their names right. Definitely not know that. Did not know (laughs) who those people were. Um, This is from a live action movie franchise and book series. I just didn't know there were names. So, Merry Legs and Ginger. Huh. Does that ring a no, bell?
0: No, not at
1: all. Um, and the third horse from that movie is going to give away the title, Black Beauty.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's someone named Mary Legs?
1: That's Mary Legs that's an and one. Ginger. Uh, God, there's actually so many. The ones that you'll see at Saratoga Springs are just the animated ones. Like, I know Maximus is there and Philippe are there? uh There's one more that is probably easier than even the first one I I told you. So please, let's hope you get this one oh right. Oh my god! Or at least our listeners do. No, so much bullseye. pressure. Bullseye! Bullseye.
0: bullseye! He's from Inside Out. Just kidding. Toy
1: Story. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god! My stomach dropped. I'm like, come on, that's an easy one. Yep. <laughs> That's Woody's horse uh, at, in Toy Story. So, so cute. cute. He's like a
0: toy, like a floppy toy horse, too. He's so cute.
1: Yeah, that's a cute horse. Gosh, what a way to wrap up this episode with a very challenging guessing game. <laughs> the hardest did, one ever. We did two. Very hard. That's very, even for me. We had two takeovers in this episode. We talked about influencers. We talked about horsies. And then, of course, the... Experience the cinematic experience that is Black Panther, Wakanda Ugh, forever. Um, so and I hope crazy. people also had some fun listening to those tips about the Disney wonder. It's a very jam-packed episode today.
0: Yes. So thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoyed episode 111 of the Disneyholics show.
1: Follow us on social media at the Disneyholics.
0: And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at thedisneyholics.com. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, a
2: cowboy needs a horse, needs a horse, needs a horse. And he's got to have a rope, have a rope, have a rope. And he oughta have a song, have a song, have a song. If he wants to keep riding. Now a cowboy needs a hat, needs a hat, needs a hat. And a pair of fancy boots, fancy boots, fancy boots And a set of shiny spurs, shiny spurs, shiny spurs If he wants to keep riding Oh, the fence is long and the sun is hot And the good Lord knows that a cowboy's gotta keep riding Riding along So he gets himself a horse and a rope and a song And he finds himself a hat, fancy boots, shiny spurs And there's nothing more he needs or can have or can get If he wants to keep riding, riding along Spurs, shiny spurs Boots, sings a Western song, rope and a horse. If he wants to keep riding, riding along.
1: Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.